This is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to a snowy Tuesday edition of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Great to have you with us, Andrew Patterson, along with Michael Remus. And it is game day for the Winnipeg Jets tonight. Dropping the puck at 8 p.m. against the Arizona Coyotes at Gila River Arena. Bit of a revenge game for the Jets, considering what happened here about a month ago. Um, we'll get to all that. Mike McIntyre is boots on the ground in Arizona. Was at the Jets morning skate today and will join us a little later on in the program. We'll also take a trip around the National Hockey League with uh, my good friend Stephen Wino of the Associated Press. Wino coming up in a few minutes. We'll check in on uh, how the National Hockey League is going to handle all these postponements, what we should expect coming up in the Olympic break, as well as find out about some of the teams that are making moves in the Eastern Conference right now, as we've uh, spent quite a bit of time focusing on the Winnipeg Jets and the Central Division. Lots to get to. As always, we can't do the show without our wonderful sponsors. Thanks to all of them and Happy New Year, including F Apparel, Vita Health, Culligan Water, Manitoba Battery, Royal Sports, Not Auto Corp, Little Brown Jug Brewing, Princess Auto, Boston Pizza, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, Canadian Club Whiskey, and of course, our betting partners at CoolBet Canada. We'll get to the lines for the Jets Coyotes and the rest of the action in the National Hockey League towards the end of the program. Uh, let's welcome in Michael Remus to the program. Rima, what's going on? How are you today? Uh, I'm feeling great here. I'm excited. We have some evening Winnipeg Jets hockey, 8 o'clock. This is the game we've been waiting for. Revenge <laughs> against the Arizona Coyotes. I actually didn't see who was starting. Is it uh, Vimelka? Is he starting? Or um, we do have the Jets. Harold Vimelka. Jets lines. Yeah, so I'm, again, I'm, I can't wait to see. I'm hoping the Jets continue to roll. But we have been in this spot before. We thought they were going to smash, and we're disappointed. So if this is their first game of 2022. The Coyotes, the Jets played, uh, had a nice win in overtime against Vegas. But I'm looking forward to tonight. I'm feeling good. All right. Now, uh, for people listening on the podcast, this won't mean much to you, although you can always go back and check the YouTube uh, page, Winnipeg Sports Talk, at any point. If you're normally a podcast person, just do us a favor. Hit that red subscribe button. It always helps. But yes, we do have a new background. Um, you know, because the bar that we were in yesterday was uh, found out to be in Dubai, we figured that maybe wasn't a good representation of Winnipeg and Winnipeg Sports Talk. Mm -hmm. So uh, did a little bit of cleaning up around here, moved a few things around. Yeah. And now you can see the uh, beautiful view of the Assiniboine River behind my place. And Rob Mahoney said all we needed was a vacuum in the background for the saddest background in history. Uh, you know, I figured this was done very quickly, so I didn't move a lot of things back. Um, we could do that forward. But I can tell you, as you can see in the picture behind me, it is snowing. It is the middle of winter. It is still pretty damn cold. Although this has been a nice little reprieve, and I realize getting into the teens of negative temperatures doesn't mean much. But when it's been minus 30 for the last week and might get to that in the upcoming week, uh, we'll take all that we can get right now. But um, no, there's a lot of talk about the background yesterday, Remus. I imagine that will be the same thing today. But uh, just so you know, this is actually live at WSTHQ. Uh, well, one of the two HQs, of course, uh, not the CTO's office, as you can see when Michael's on with us. Yeah, exactly. So thanks, everyone uh, on YouTube for comments. Appreciate everyone listening on the podcast as well. But yeah, lots more to come here. 
for us in uh, in twenty 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 two. Uh, you know, we did have a Jets morning skate today. Us, uh, thanks to Mike McIntyre, reporting on it. And uh, I guess the Coyotes pulled the old switcheroo. I think this is a negotiating tactic where they said they weren't going to skate, but then came on late and took up the Jets' ice time. I think the Coyotes trying to play some mind games with the Jets. Pretty clear to me. Uh, it's like that reminds me of that episode of The Office where Michael Scott learns about uh, negotiation. And that was the tactic. Say you're not going to practice and then uh, take off their ice time. I think the Zamboni <clears throat> had to kick off <clears throat> the Coyotes. They were taking too long. Yeah, um, essentially, normally what happens is the home team gets the 10.30 ice time and the road team has the 11.30 ice time. I guess what had happened today is the Coyotes said that they weren't skating, so the Jets said, great, we'll move ours up and we'll go on at 11 o'clock. Um, and then just before 11 o'clock, a bunch of Coyotes decided that they'd get out there and start doing some stuff on the ice and the Jets were ready to go on. Coyotes weren't leaving. Um, and then check out Mike's Twitter feed. We'll get an update from him a little bit later on on it. Uh, he can he can let us know what it was like live being there at the Gila River Arena as the Jets anxiously waited to get on the ice. But uh, eh, a little bit of a funny story behind the game. I don't really think that's going to change anything when it comes to the attitude of the Jets coming into this game tonight, Remus, though, as we discussed yesterday. This is a game they simply have to have. I think they're feeling good about the way they bounce back from a tough start against Vegas to you know, get a massive, massive two points, despite the fact that that two-goal lead evaporated late in the third period. Uh, and with the Colorado Avalanche coming up on Thursday, they really have the opportunity tonight to uh, grab two points by the throat and move on to uh, Denver with the opportunity of making this a very, very good road trip for a club that hadn't played in two weeks and won't play for another week after Thursday night. Yeah, wow. What are we going to do for that week here? I'm starting to get nervous now. But um, I am looking forward to the Jets. Yeah, they had the win against uh, St. Louis before the break. Remember that? I almost forgot that that, that happened. And oh, the win back against last year. Win again yeah, last year. Win against Vegas. And there the Jets are. I mean, they've played 31 games, a couple more than Colorado. They're three points behind. But I mean, you look at uh, the last couple games, power play has been scoring. Uh, penalty kill. I think they're killing penalties here in the last, uh, last couple games. So I think the Jets seem to be going. Okay, we'll see, uh, you know, we'll see tonight or the real test will be the measuring stick, the litmus test. <laughs> well, the, it's your uh, boy Bruce. The game it's your boy Bruce is in the chat. Is tonight's game a litmus test? Is yeah. this a litmus test yes. game? Yes. It, did you learn anything from <laughs> the last time you played the Coyotes? Have you learned? And we'll have to, maybe the pucks, maybe, you know, maybe the pucks will just go in. I don't know if, again, I should have to look at the Coyotes goalie here. I'm, I'm sorry for not. Yeah, let's not, see. Not knowing. Well, I but, mean, they uh, didn't have the skates, so I mean, it's not that's like true. They, they didn't really have well, it. I mean, I don't know who. Yeah, you know, well, I and when they don't have the skate, you don't know, and you have to wait until like the first guy walks out on the ice. Who's and in warm the up. starter's net? Exactly. Yeah. Who's leaving the ice first? I mean, yeah. I, I have to say, like, imagine at the National Football League, they just had the quarterbacks come out, and then. Uh, you know, oh, Ben Roethlisberger just went off first. I think he's probably going to be starting yeah, tonight for the uh, for the team. <laughs> and the goal, and the coach, like, yeah, we're not going to tell you our starting goalie. Like, it's it's so ridiculous. That so, I guess we'll wait and see. But um, I forget what we're talking about. But there was one lineup uh, change for the Jets. Uh, Evgeny Svechnikov, he was out with an injury. He's in uh, on the fourth line, and then uh, Gustafson, who got uh, what flat tire, crack windshield. Whatever bus yeah. 
whatever. Hopefully, busing. it's not a major transmission problem yeah. or, or anything else. Just <laughs> a just a quick fix. But you know, Dave Lowry said yesterday at the end of practice. They were still waiting for some more information on Gustafson as to where he was at, but that he wouldn't play tonight. Um, so, again, Sveshnikov ready to go, comes back in. Uh, I think many of us thought that maybe this would be an opportunity to get Cole Perfetti into the lineup, uh, you know, against a team like Arizona. Might be a good chance to do it, um, especially with the fact that the Moose are playing games right now. Um, you know, the Moose played on the weekend with no fans um, on Sunday afternoon. Um, and the Moose are playing again tonight against the Iowa Wild, who actually just called up Marco Rossi in another first-round pick. Um, but unfortunately, of course, there will be closed doors for that game downtown in Winnipeg. Um, but Cole Perfetti, for the time being, with the big club, but in the press box, not sure whether he'll get an opportunity to play over the course of this road trip. Uh, doesn't sound like it's happening tonight. One more game where it could happen, and that would be in Colorado against the Avalanche on Thursday. And if that doesn't happen, I would imagine Cole Perfetti going back to the Moose quite quickly. Because as I mentioned, Remo, with the game on January 8th postponed and the game on January 10th postponed, the Jets will play on Thursday and then have another week before mm -hmm. getting back at it against the Detroit Red Wings um, on what was supposed to be just a one-game road trip, if, if I recall correctly, and then coming back to Winnipeg. Um, for that Ottawa game on Saturday night, the game on the 16th of Sunday has already been postponed against the uh, Edmonton Oilers. And again, we still don't have clarity as to how that game is going to look on the 15th, but it, if I'm a betting man, and frankly I am, I'd imagine there'll be no fans there like the few other Canadian games that have been played lately. And then the Jets get back out on a significant road trip, going to Washington, Nashville, Boston, and Pittsburgh over the course of four games in six nights. So it's kind of a weird schedule right now. Bang, you have three games in five days. You've got a week off. You play a game. You got a trip back. You've got one game at home. And then you get into a pretty significant run. And then a couple more home games at the end of the month in July, January 25th against the Panthers and January 27th against the Vancouver Canucks before heading to St. Louis for a road game. Um, and you do wonder exactly how this is going to play out. And that'll be something we'll touch on with Wino. Um, I know, obviously, Winter Classic on the weekend, some exciting things happening around the National Hockey League, but kind of get to uh, get see how plugged in he is on, you know, where they are with these plans, what they're exactly going to do, and how many teams are going to be impacted by it. Because as we've seen right now, especially the teams north of the border, have many, many games to make up, not just because of COVID outbreaks that have, you know, sidelined the teams for a bit, but now because of these games without being able to have fans. Um, kind of kicking the can down the road, hoping that you know teams like the Winnipeg Jets will be able to play with their fans in the building when these games are made up, presumably during what was supposed to be the Olympic break. Yeah, and here's the lines. I actually had um, the wrong D pairings when I brought them up on the screen. But yes, yeah, Stasny, Shifley, Ehlers, uh, Connor, Dubois, Harkins, Kopp, Lowry, Reichel, Svechnikov, Atonanato, Veselainen, Morrissey, DeMello, Dylan Pionk, and Stanley Schmidt, and that's Mike McIntyre, extra bull you see, Perfetti on the taxi squad, Gustafson, Wheeler. You know, one thing you're talking about, the postponed games, uh, and I don't think we mentioned it on this show, because there was people in chat asking, um, you know, does Eric Comrie get a start tonight? Because, you know, traditionally, Jets versus one of the, you know, bottom teams in the league, you'd think, okay, this is time to get your back of it. But with the way the schedule is going now, you have a week off after. I wonder if Hellbuck will end up seeing more games, but you have to think because, you know, they have breaks now, their schedule is going to be more compressed or will it because they have the whole month off in February anyway. So I wonder if, if Hellbuck will could end up seeing a career high in games 
is because of the way the schedule is going to be spread out. And yeah, of course, uh, play Hellbuck. Who cares about rest? I mean, I want to be like, oh. He's had a, a ton of rest. Everyone's yeah. had rest. I mean, that's the last thing we can be talking about with the Winnipeg Jets is time off. I mean, hell, they just had two full weeks off. Uh, you know, a Christmas break, a week of practice heading into this road trip right now. So, yeah, I expect it's going to be Hellebuck uh, tonight. I expect it'll be Hellebuck on Thursday. Yeah, I expect it'll be Hellebuck a week from Thursday when they play the Detroit Red Wings. I guess there's the potential that you could see Comrie go against the Ottawa Senators. But, you know, considering you've then got another couple days off before this road trip, there's a good chance that Eric Comrie doesn't play again until maybe that Sunday game at the end of the month against the Pittsburgh Penguins which is the second end of back-to-back -back games, both in the afternoon, Boston on Saturday and Pittsburgh on Sunday. Although you never know the way Connor Hellebuck was, is playing at the time. Um, and, you know, we still haven't seen Dave Lowry really make those decisions. I mean, we sort of still are in the, the you know, the Paul Maurice mode when it comes to goaltending decisions and lineups and all that. And, you know, as I said, I'm not saying it's going to be vastly different, but... I guess until we actually see how Dave Lowry handles this, we don't really know. Bottom line is, if I'm an interim head coach and I know that I got to win hockey games and get results, I might be uh, I might be predispossessed to uh, lean on number 37 a little bit more than you might normally do it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, play him. You have these breaks. It's pretty good. And you know, I know we're kind of hoping on seeing Perfetti in, but I guess, you know, it's not like the Moose are... are are playing right now, so I don't, you know, either way, I don't think he'd be getting... Well, they're playing tonight. Any, oh, they are playing tonight? Yeah, well, you're not listening. I was just had a big, long talk about the fact that the Moose are playing tonight at home with no fans. You must have been chatting at that time or something. I think, I'm, I think I'm chatting here. Okay, well, we'll I, let I'm you gonna, get back to the take, chat. I'm going to take the L. I'm managing uh, <laughs> other stuff. I'm rattled that I ha didn't edit, edit my... <laughs> edit my graphic with the deep with the deep pairings. Well, and that is one pairings. thing we didn't really get into that yesterday, but it was mm -hmm. an interesting swap of um of Nate Schmidt and uh, Dylan DeMello. And um you know, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit more with Mike later on when he joins us from Arizona as to you know how that might look. You saw much more balanced uh, ice time when it came to the three pairings including that swap at some point during the Vegas game. Um and I thought Logan Stanley had a couple of great opportunities in that game yesterday. Um, and obviously we know what Nate Schmidt can do. So um, interesting move with DeMello. I mean, certainly he's a very calming presence. Um, there were some ups and downs for Morrissey in that game. So uh, we'll see how things look tonight when the Jets take on the Arizona Coyotes. I can tell you, and we'll maybe get into this with Stephen Wino coming up in a second. Uh, it, it, that smoke you see outside, that's fires coming out of Edmonton. I was listening to uh, Dusty's show this morning. My God, the calls, the text line, people are freaking out right now. And you know who they want as their new head coach? Or not? Well, many of them are mentioning. Yeah, you guessed it. Former Winnipeg Jet head coach, Paul Maurice. So uh, all that coming up. We'll do a little trip around the National Hockey League with Stephen Wino coming up in just a second. Hey, a big happy new year to our friends, Andrew and the gang over at F Apparel, 190 Smith Street downtown. Of course, F Apparel, our Winnipeg's locally owned leader when it comes to custom suits for men. Uh, and not just suits, um, you know, really custom clothing for any occasion. Dress shirts, winter jackets, chinos, golf pants, untucked dress shirts, and more. Uh, shoes, ties, and accessories. Literally, they have it all. Every guy needs at least one suit that fits and looks great heading into the new year. And F's custom-made suits start at just $400. If you have a wedding or a grad coming up this year, 
a big event and you need to look great, F is here for you. And by the way, if you do, if maybe you've been planning a wedding for like two years and finally, hopefully it's going to happen. Uh, your wedding party will get 15% off when the group buys their suits from F Apparel. Find out more online, fapparel.com, or pop down and see Andrew and the gang at 190 Smith Street. Um, a big happy new year to our friends at Vita Health. And I know many of you are trying to maybe make some changes to begin the new Anum. A couple options for you, especially if you're spending the weekend or the week, the month, I should say, um, off the sauce. Incredible sober January items over at Vita Health. Uh, it's time to start putting yourself first with healthy natural supplements and groceries for Mita Health. And they've got the non-alcoholic beer from Sober Carpenter and Neil Brothers, Soul Brew Elixirs, Boreal Botanicals and Clever Mocktails. And if you're thinking about going vegan for the month and trying that out, Vita Health carries so many plant-based plant, plant -based and vegan products, including Tofurky, Field Roast, Guardian, The Very Good Butchers, Life, Light Life, Beyond Meat, and more. Uh, Vita Health stocked with Winnipeg's best selection of local organic and natural groceries, supplements, and beauty products, all at great prices with great staff. Seven Winnipeg locations, including the newest store in Linden Ridge and online at myvita.ca. And while we're talking about living healthy in 2022, it all starts by being hydrated and getting that best water that we've got here in Southern Manitoba. And that, of course, is the Culligan folks. Culligan Man has been the leader when it comes to water services, family owned for 65 years in Winnipeg, over a 1200 sergeant, and they've got it all for you and your family. Water softeners, filters, coolers, whole home systems, and drinking water systems, not to mention citywide water delivery services and commercial and industrial water products and solutions for your business. Find out more online at drinkculligan.com. Give them a call at 204-694-5180 or pop down in person over at 1200 Sergeant Avenue. Big happy new year and thanks to Culligan for their support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. All right, let's get back to the ice and welcome in for the first time in 2022, our good friend from the AP, Stephen Wino. Wino, what's up? Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Hauser. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing well. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, as well as can be right now, we're dealing with uh, a lot here north of the border, uh, some restrictions coming in and around. Hey, let me ask this, in the D.C. area, what are things like right now? I mean, are are you seeing massive numbers right now? Where are the hospitals at? I mean, are, are you guys feeling this COVID um, rise the way we seemingly are dealing with it here in Canada? We're feeling a similar rise and reacting entirely differently. And, and, and I don't even want to say that as like the ugly American, but I, I do think the D.C. area in particular is, is very liberal and, and kind of up to date with cases arising. But hospitalizations or at least ICU uh, intensive care hospitalizations are not rising. You're not seeing a, a bunch more people on ventilators. This is a very highly vaccinated area to begin with. And so life is kind of normal, other than there are long testing lines. People want to get tested. They want to know if they are positive. But we're not locking down here. We're, we're, we're not, and, and this is even I'm talking I was in New York for, for New Year's and uh, in, in now in, in D.C. And there's no kind of restriction lockdown situation going on. People, I think, are being a little more careful with their personal habits, but it's not being mandated. Uh, I mean, I tell you what, there's a lot of people losing it around here when you turned on Hockey Night in Canada and saw the Sens and Leafs playing in an empty building on Saturday night and then clicked the channel over and saw 40,000 people at Target Field taking in the Winter Classic. Look, I, I don't know about you, but I can't watch the empty, empty arena games anymore. I just, I, I flip it on TV and I'm like, I can't watch it. It, it, it reminds me too much of days that we are past and, 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 and it seems like, and the NHL knows this and governments don't realize this. So it's just, it's hard for me to watch them. I understand why the league is postponing these games because this doesn't work. 
Well, let's talk a little bit about that right now, because, of course, here in Winnipeg, there's been a number of home games that have been put off. And Remus and I were just sort of going over this weird January schedule. The Jets had two weeks off. They're playing three games in five days. They'll have another week off before a quick trip to Detroit. One home game, probably in an empty building, and then another road trip going on. But there's a lot of hockey left to be played. What are you hearing within your NHL sources about how these games are going to be made up and uh, is the plan, I guess, right now, fingers crossed that they'll be able to get some asses back in seats during the Olympic break and make up all of these games that have been postponed. Yeah, my, my, my advice would be prepare for a very busy February. I'm going to be in Beijing, whether the NHL is there or not. I'm, I'm going. So I'm going to be busy over there with a tournament that a lot of people aren't going to care about. But I, I would expect a lot of games in that stretch. And, and really, it's going to be up to the, the provincial health officials and, and Canada federally on how soon these games can get back in. And I spoke to a professor at the University of Ottawa last week, and he said at least until January 15th, expect everybody in Canada to kind of clamp down until you see kind of more uh, more evidence of what we've seen in the United States and the United Kingdom and South Africa, that this variant is not causing severe disease, hospitalization among unvaccinated people. And at that point, the restrictions could be lifted. Now, we're looking at an Ontario that is now on a four-week, whatever, modified phase two, whatever you want to call it. Um, so I, I would imagine a lot of these games are going to get as much as possible rescheduled for the coming weeks south of the border, and, and a lot of these teams on, on long road trips. What we are seeing is a lot of Canada versus Canada games going on, whether it's Jets Oilers or Oilers Leafs or whatever, to get these games played, because as much as that's going to hurt revenue for these teams and hurt revenue for the league, you have you can't postpone every single game. And, and if the border is not a concern, which is one of the reasons why that 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 Kraken Senators game got postponed, these guys can't go into Seattle and then go back to to Ottawa. There's a lot of things that that Canada's derailing the season, honestly, at this point. So I, I think. February is going to be busy, and the, the, the real point is they don't want to go beyond April 30th for the regular season. Whatever has to happen, other than three games and three nights, because that's something the players want no part of. But it, it, you can see, start seeing four and, and five, two days off, an off day, or two games, an off day, and then two games just to kind of complete the schedule. Mm -hmm. But I don't know when we're going to see the next game with fans or a full full arena fans in Canada, but we're seeing every game in the United States with it right now. So I have to think you're going to try to front load as many of those games into the rest of January and February as possible. Yeah. You, you know, I mean, and I'm just thinking about the jet schedule. I mean, originally um, they had a couple of games postponed. We were hoping to come back out of the break with the games on the 27th, 29th. Those were put off. Um, but the second one that was put off, that could have absolutely been played. And at that point, we sort of realized what they were dealing with. This was no longer, oh, we're worried about the Blackhawks have seven positives. It's that, well, under the current restrictions, we can't sell tickets. And for a team like the Winnipeg Jets, I mean, a $1.4 million gate is significant. I think the Habs lost $2.3 million when they found out two hours before the game that they weren't able to open up the door to fans. Um, when and, and here's the thing, Stephen. The players are incentivized to have fans in the building, too, because it's often lost and people just want to talk about the owners, but they're 50-50 partners in this. I mean, a dollar lost to HRR is 50 cents out of the players' pockets. Yeah, and I think that's why you see so many players expressing frustration over this and, and the restrictions in terms of, of no one wanted to get caught on the wrong side of the border before Christmas. That was one of the reasons a lot of those games got postponed, too. But also, the the idea of... if salary cap was supposed to go up to 82.5 million next year. You think that's happening now? <clears throat> I mean, that's not, that's an extra no. million dollars, uh, uh, $32 million essentially across the league that can't be spent. And, and that's just off the top from having a flat cap. And, and, and you realize that 
the, even with the CBA negotiation, CBA negotiation and all that, the longer that the, the revenue kind of sags, the more money players are going to owe owners because they're already in escrow. They're already in the hole by tens of millions of dollars that players over the next three, four, five seasons are going to have to make up. And the more games you play in front of empty arenas or no concessions or half full arenas or whatever it is, that's more money added to that tab along the way. Nobody wants this. No, no, nobody wants this. And, and, and that's why I, I think it's a good question you point out about players is would they be willing to accept more tighter schedules of saying we're going to have four games in a week or five games in a week and, and play some back to backs and, and, and more of a even more of a condensed schedule than last year because you got to get these games in and you got to get these games in in full arenas. Yeah, it is a a huge problem for the National Hockey League right now in markets like Winnipeg going forward. And and, and even next week, I'm, you know, we got the news that the Jets-Oilers game on the 16th was postponed. But that was part of a back-to-back, uh, you know, they had the Ottawa Senators on Saturday and Edmonton on Sunday. Only the Sunday game was postponed. We sort of dug into that a little bit. And a part of it is Ottawa's already missed a ton of games. And Ottawa has a four-game road trip through Western Canada, Stephen, where they play the Canucks, the Flames the Oilers and the Jets, all of those teams are going to have a ton of games to make up. I mean, adding a four game road trip for a team that only comes out once a year, almost impossible to reschedule. So I would imagine the Sens are going to have a very quiet road trip through Western Canada in uh, four games without any asses in seats. Yeah. And, and it's one of those things where I think Steve Hotze Petros is the guy who puts the schedule together for the NHL and, and he's got to be the MVP and the busiest person in the league right now, along with Gary Bettman and Bill Daly, just trying to kind of piece the, the put the puzzle pieces together. Because remember also, Hustler, that the, a lot of these arenas filled those dates in February, too, when you thought the NHL was going to the Olympics and you've got NBA games in a lot of these arenas and Disney on ice and concerts and circus and those sort of things that have continued to go on. And now, so it's trying to fill the holes that are already are already have a lot of dates full too, and 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 that's why you're seeing some of these games have to be played in these empty arenas because no no one wants to play beyond beyond the end of June, and and that's the, the biggest question right now is can you keep it contained in that end of April and then start the playoffs in the beginning of May and get the cup handed out before Canada Day because that's the biggest question facing the league right now. And, and and I know that the ratings were still kind of decent last year with the cup final and the Canadians in it after that, but no one wants to do that. You want to keep the draft on schedule. And, and that is what the reason the Olympics were called off was because you had at that point, 60 games postponed. We're up to 92 games now postponed. And, and so squeezing everything in and, and, and maybe the taxi squad stay because you're going to have these back-to-back games where guys are just going to need rest rather than even being out for COVID protocols or injuries. It's just trying to squeeze as many games in to the shortest periods of time possible. No, that's a great point. And of course, the NHL has taken advantage of the window that they had set up for their top players to go and represent their countries at the Olympics. We know that's not happening. What's the fallout of that decision, Stephen? And when we hear you're talking about as hockey fans that were so excited to finally get a legitimate best-on-best tournament, what's the hope out there for fans? I mean, is there any plans that maybe the National Hockey League would do something in the next couple seasons? I mean, what's the next step for this coming out of the decision, unfortunately, to uh, leave the Stars at home? Yeah, I think even even when there were some complaints from Vladimir Tarasenko and Brad Marchand, a vast majority of players realized there wasn't a whole lot that could be done about this. There's just there's no way to, to do this. Uh, the, the World Cup has to happen. And I spoke with Elliot Freeman about this uh, last week, that it just feels like 2024... People, we haven't seen a best-on-best tournament since that World Cup in 2016 now. Uh, that, that 2014 Olympics in Sochi was so incredible. The 2010 Olympics in Vancouver was incredible. We've seen, we haven't seen we have seen a generation of players. Austin Matthews hasn't played with 
Patrick Kane. Connor McDavid and Nathan McKinnon haven't played with Sidney Crosby. Victor Hedman hasn't played in Olympics, which is unbelievable. But just Connor Hellebuck hasn't gotten his chance. Kyle Connor, same thing. That you haven't seen these guys in it. And I'd have to think that once you get past kind of these protocol issues and everything that's kind of all encompassing the NHL and the PA right now, is that the World Cup 2024 has to be a front burner issue. And if it takes two years to put that plan in place, I think that planning has to start this summer. And 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 even though maybe that 2016 tournament was a little weird with the Team North America and the Team World, th- there's more of a bench in some of those other countries now. Maybe you can have a Team Switzerland, a Team Slovakia in there and have a legitimate eight-team tournament uh, that, that would feel like a best-on-best. Because at this point, it feels like the NHL needs to do what soccer does and, and make the World Cup into the event people care about. But it takes years to build up a tradition like that. You can't just – the world. and remember, the Canada Cup, for, for those of us who are, are old enough to remember that, the Canada Cup was that for so long, and, and Gretzky and Lemieux and, and all those sort of things. If you can turn that World Cup into a, a regular event every four years and know that it's coming and knowing that it's the best on best, and you get the bonus of the Olympics in that other two years, that's then that's the best-case scenario for hockey fans and hockey players and for league revenue. Amen to that. I think we all hope that that will be the case. And I mean, I still think back and I guess I kind of know why they did it. But when they did the last World Cup of hockey and it was really cool to be able to highlight all those young stars with McDavid and Austin and Mark Shifley playing on Team North America. The fact of the matter was the minute you did that, you really took away the legitimacy of a true best on best tournament because all those players damn well would have been on their respective national teams. So We'll cross our fingers going forward to that. Let's get to what's happening right now in the National Hockey League. Only one game in the league last night, but it was an interesting one. MSG, the New York Rangers hosting the Edmonton Oilers. And, um, you know, Stephen, it just it's hard to believe it seems like ages ago. But in late November, the Jets were pushing at the top of the Central Division. The Edmonton Oilers were the number one team in the Pacific. They played two amazing games in a home and home series. After that point, the Jets sort of had a terrible month, which ended in Paul Maurice resigning. Um, but the Oilers took a little bit more time to do it, but they are absolutely in free fall right now. And uh, it's sort of funny. We were joking about how uh, everyone was up in the arms about Paul Maurice here. Paul Maurice is now what people are clamoring for, clamoring for in Edmonton to come in and fix the Edmonton Oilers. What do you make of Dave Tippett's situation coming out of last night's game and uh, their inability to get points on this road trip? Can Paul Maurice play goal? <laughs> is, 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 does he does he have pads? Can he can he can he strap on the pads and play goal? Because that's what the Edmonton Oilers, in my opinion, need more right now than anything else is a goaltender. They need a goalie to make a save. And Miko Koskin is not doing it. Mike Smith coming off the injury, not doing it. I don't know if you go back to a Stuart Skinner. I don't know if they got a trade for a James Reimer or a Mark Andre Fleury or, or see what the heck's out there. And, and I think I, I do fear that Dave Tippett could lose his job. Glenn Gullison, who, who has been an NHL coach, is on that that coaching staff right now and could be an interim replacement. It doesn't seem like Paul Maurice, who was very burnt out by the time by the end of his time yeah. there in Winnipeg, is a real option. But the other name that's been whispered out there, and it'd be fun and it'd be interesting, is Mike <laughs> Babcock. And, and can you and, imagine? And, I can imagine it because I mean it's twenty twenty twenty. Let's get twenty twenty two off on a crazy start. Uh, and Mike Babcock is is not far away in in Saskatchewan right now, and, and has a relationship with Ken Holland, a previous relationship with Ken Holland from their time in Detroit. Not saying it's going to happen, but I feel for for Mike for for Dave Tippett. I think he's a very good coach who is maybe like Paul Maurice, kind of at a loss for answers right now, and, and kind of feeling that he doesn't know what he can do. And different set of problems, certainly, that the Oilers are giving up so many goals and, and can't make can't get a save. 
but it could be the same result, whether it's Ken Holland firing Dave Tippett or Dave Tippett stepping away here. Glenn Gulliston, to me, seems like the most legitimate or most reasonable option there. But it, I don't, Glenn Gulliston, unless he can magically make Miko Koskinen and Mike Smith stop the puck. I, I don't know how things are going to change at Edmonton because as many goals as they're scoring and the power play is clicking at 33%, they're not winning games if, if they're going to try to outscore their problems because it's not working right now. I don't know how Ken Holland's sleeping right now because when you see a, <laughs> a season going in the direction that this is, knowing that you have are like the best tandem of two players in the National Hockey League, a generational player in Connor McDavid and you know one of the true superstars in the league, Leon Dreisaitl, Another wasted year with those players on the roster would, I think, be unacceptable to everyone involved, especially those players, Steve. Yeah, I, I, no, no dry January going on for the Edmonton Oilers. They're, they're, they're not doing that right now. <laughs> but I think it's a little bit like Kyle Dubas and, and Lou Lamarillo's problems have been with the Toronto Maple Leafs over the years is, is you realize that there's a, a kind of a tense pressure. And I felt this with the Capitals over the years. When you have had Nicholas Basham and Alex Ovechkin, you have Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, William Nylander, John Tavares. When you have... Connor McDavid and, and Leon Dreisaitl, there's a pressure to win while these players are in their primes. And, and, and sometimes the pressure can drive you over the edge and you do dumb things, or sometimes you just keep trying to kind of fix incrementally and hope it works. And sometimes it sometimes it does, and sometimes it doesn't. I mean, the San Jose Sharks went through all those years with Joe Thornton and Patrick Marlowe, got to a final, but never won the Stanley Cup. The Capitals did break through. We're still waiting to see what happens with the Maple Leafs, but yeah, this is you have Connor McDavid in some of his best years, Leon Drysaddle in some of his best years, and, and you start to wonder is is the salary cap and paying these guys so much one of the reasons why there's the, the Oilers are struggling because they don't have enough talent around them and, and certainly defensive talent and all those things. But also, Ken Holland hasn't fixed the goaltending situation. What's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again and accepting expecting different results. Uh, that's what the Oilers have done. And, and, and to me, I don't want to say goalie solves all the problems, but you could solve a lot of problems with the Edmonton Oilers right now with a goaltender. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And, and, you know, just as far as the salary cap goes, I mean, there is something to be said for that. Although I could also make an argument that both Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl are underpaid, underpaid for their sure, production yes. right now, even yeah. in the salary cap situation. Well, let me ask you about the Rangers. Um, You look at the standings right now, and they're the Rangers at the top of the Metropolitan Division and tied for first overall in the National Hockey League. And speaking of coaches, I mean, how much credit does Gerard Gallant get for what's going on in the Big Apple? Yeah, I'm going to give Gerard Gallant about 50% of the credit. I'm going to give Igor Shesterkin the other 50% of the credit. And and, and it does say, because I remember talking to, to Ray Ferraro about this a little while ago, that the Rangers are a really young team. And even though they've got some older guys around, uh, there's the Benajad, the Jacob Trubas, this is a team that's relying a lot on an Adam Fox. And Igor Shesterkin is a very young goaltender in the, in the NHL. And I think that speaks to Gerard Gallant and what he can do with the talent at his disposal. And, and particularly, I always say this about coaches, putting your players into positions to succeed as best as possible. And Gerard Gallant has proven that in Vegas with a team that inaugural season that no one thought was going to be a, going to the cup final, maybe let alone even a playoff team. And he managed to kind of squeeze the most out of that and, and kind of use the talent to, to kind of play a certain style. A lot, a lot like Barry Trotz over the years, like he was in Nashville and he didn't have a whole lot of talent. So he played a certain style. He went to Washington to have more talent, won a Stanley Cup <clears throat> playing a different style. Gerard Gallant is certainly doing that right now, but it doesn't hurt to have Igor Shesterkin in goal. And, and this is the guy who is in the Vesna Trophy conversation right now, just having one of those incredible years. It, it's, it's actually fun to see. It'll be fun to see Henrik Lundqvist get honored at Madison Square Garden in, in January, later this month, get his number retired, and basically 
almost pour, literally passed the torch to Igor Shosturkin and and the, the kind of the next king of New York because he he's been one he's been one of the best goalies in the league. He, he's the reason they're they're up this high. Mika Zibanejad's played great. <clears throat> Artemis Panarin, we know he is what he thought he, who he thought he was, and, and and that's a team that's that shocked the hell out of me. Honestly, like I did not think the Rangers were ready to make this step. I, I didn't think they were a playoff team yet. I thought they were going to be kind of on the fringes one more time. But yeah, you got to get a lot of credit to Gerard Gallant, Shosturkin, and 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 really, like even Chris Drury for for making as ripped as he got for for making moves in the offseason to get tougher and Ryan Reeves and and all that. It has worked out for the New York Rangers. You know, on the other side of the coin is the Islanders, and I mean, I think about the preseason betting odds on the Met. It seemed like the Islanders finally got the respect they deserve from the last couple seasons. And they've started as poorly as anybody out in the East right now. I mean, is this season salvageable for the Islanders and Barry Trotz after the way it started? I don't think it is. And and and, and you you wanted to hold on for as long as possible because they had that 13 game road trip to start the year. They had the, the COVID outbreak that kind of really like just derailed the start of their season. And then they had another kind of outbreak and missing guys. And Ryan Pollock's been been hurt and and kind of injuries mixing with virus absences. And it's just. It's just kind of been a perfect storm of, of, of bad things for the Islanders. And, and and maybe it's one of those things, the, the Lightning had this a few years ago, where they missed the playoffs and you can sell at the deadline and kind of reset your cap situation and a reset refresh like Doug Wilson has talked about in San Jose. I think that's this year for the Islanders now is, is you realize unless they make some ridiculous run at this point, and then you got to jump over Boston and Philadelphia and, and some of these other teams that are, that are way ahead of them in the Eastern conference. I, I just, I think the Islanders are going to run out of runway here to, to be able to make that run. And that now it's on Lou Lamorello at the deadline to say, okay, what assets can we trade off here to try to get ourselves in position to win in 22-23? Because this is still a team with a lot of players signed with a young goalie in Ilya Sorokin, with a Stanley Cup winning coach in Barry Trotz, where this is not the, the end of their championship window by any means. You know, just staying in that division for a minute, the Islanders, or the Rangers, sorry, at the top of the division are tied with the Washington Capitals. And, I mean, you've covered the Caps for a long time. Alex Ovechkin's Hall of Fame career, it still is amazing at what he's doing right now i believe going into last night he was one goal off the league lead uh, with what 24 and 34 games i mean he's on pace for another 50 goal season i mean uh, it, it, does he just like look like vintage ovi right now on a night in a night out basis and where are you at on uh, whether he can actually legitimately push gretzky for the all-time record right now you know what he doesn't look at all like vintage ovi because he's not scored on the power play the, the, all these goals are coming at even strength and he's scoring in such different ways, and he's and he's dishing the puck and assisting more than at any point in his career. And, and that's what's most impressive about Alex Ovechkin doing this at 36 years old is he doesn't have these goals with half of them coming on that one timer from the faceoff circle. He's not. This is not Ovizoid goals right now. He is scoring at even strength. He's not even scoring that kind of down the wing with speed and kind of just beating a goalie clean. There's so many different ways and places he's scoring from, and, and some greasy goals, some pretty goals. Even the one at the, the end of the power play the other night was almost not a power play goal, the one that broke the, the power play record. He is he is doing different things, and and, and that's a, a big credit to Alex Ovechkin, and maybe Peter Laviolette too, but certainly Alex Ovechkin adjusting his game as he's gotten older, that maybe if he's lost a half a step as he's gotten older, he's made up for it in other ways to for his game. And, and this is like the OV, the assist guy sort of year. There's as many goals as he has scored. He's not having a Cy Young season where it's like 16 and three, that sort of thing. He, he is assisting on goals. He's creating offense for the Capitals, who are not are one of the worst teams in the league on the power play, really. But they're getting opportune power play goals. 
Alex Ovechkin is scoring most of his goals at five on five. And to me, that portends great things for the Capitals in the playoffs if Alex Ovechkin can keep that sort of thing up because it's not the kind of offense that'll that'll dry up when fewer penalties are called. You know what? Uh, okay, we've talked Caps and Rangers, and I think those teams are certainly in the mix based on what they've done so far. But if you asked me, the top team in the East and maybe the NHL right now is a toss-up between the Lightning, the Panthers, and the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, who do you think is the team to beat in the East right now as we get into 2022? That, may, that gives me some nice memories of our old Southeast division. Oh, the, Je- the Jets, sure, the Caps, man. and Good those three days. teams, right? The, uh, <laughs> Ken Weave and I always talk about our Southeast <laughs> division days. Um, yeah, and, and, the, and the Lightning are one of those teams that, that have persevered a lot through a bunch of absences, and, and, and Carolina has been good since really the start of the year and, and Freddie Anderson being a big reason for that. The Florida Panthers, I I'm still kind of waiting on, on them to see how this goes. And, and, and is Andrew Burnett, the coach who's going to kind of lead them into a deep playoff run. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a very fun, non-traditional race between those three teams. Uh, and let's not count out the, the Pittsburgh Penguins either, because no matter what seems to happen with the Penguins and Malkin being out and Crosby's out on protocol and Crows Crosby's out with this injury, the Penguins are always in the mix somehow, some way. Uh, the Bruins are going to come back, I, I think, and, and probably make the playoffs and, and, and kind of put a scare into to one of those those teams uh, in, in the Atlantic Division. But yeah, it's, the, the the Lightning could be could win it again this year, and, and you could throw have guys on on LTI and do the same kind of Julian Breezeball magic as, as he has before. Carolina Hurricanes are a fun team, though, man. I, I think it's it's just a fun team to watch. It's a lo- a likable team. From Don Waddell to, to Rod Brindamore, Freddie Anderson, <laughs> Sebastian Ajo, all the way down. It's just it, it's a fun team that when you remember how much you enjoyed watching hockey growing up and, and playing and all those things, you think of the Carolina Hurricanes. Hey, Stephen Wino, the AP is with us. Wino, I know you got a hard out, so we'll get out on this. Um, just quickly to switch over from hockey to the National Football League for a minute. You're in the DMV. You do a lot of coverage of the Washington football team. They've announced today that the... Uh, the new name or the name will be announced on the 2nd of February. Uh, I, I'm a big proponent of keeping it as the w, as the WFT, no. the Washington football team. No. Is that is that going to happen or no? No, it's not. And look, I need a they. I need a plural name when I'm writing. I can't keep saying I'm going to football team practice. I I, I, <laughs> I need a name. And, and, and look, we've all heard the top ideas. It's, it's Sentinels and it's presidents and Armada and it's going to be the commanders. That, that, that's been my guess all along. It just, everything points to Washington commanders. It may not be the sexiest name. I think it's, it's kind of a, a generic name, but it'll be something like a, a W logo with three stars for the Delaware, for, for the DMV uh, of DC, Maryland, Virginia. It's going to be a kind of a nod to the military. Uh, you're you're going to still have the burgundy and gold colors. Uh, it, 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 this is, Washington football team was, was always going to be a placeholder name. I think if they had gone with Washington FC, they might have kept it. I think that's the one thing that if they picked Washington FC instead of Washington WFT and, and the subtle change like that, I think it may have caught on. But now people are ready to kind of move on with this little era of Washington football team and and move on to whatever it be, the Sentinels, the Commanders, something like that. Well, and I guess they're ready to move on to a 2022 season after the way things finished up. Well, maybe they can get it together, stop fighting on the sidelines and uh, move on. I'm a big fan of Ron Rivera. Disappointing season for them, but looking forward to the playoffs for the teams that will make it. Uh, Steven, Happy New Year, man. This was great. We'll have to do this again soon. All the best. Happy New Year. Talk to you soon. Right on. There he is, Stephen Wino, at, on Twitter, at S Wino, uh, covering the National Hockey League uh, and the WFT and occasionally the National Football League. 
over at the Associated Press. We will head to Phoenix, or uh, I guess Glendale, as it were, in a few minutes and hook up with Mike McIntyre. But with the cold weather here, you may have battery issues. And our friends over at Manitoba Battery are there for you. 1026 Logan Avenue, they are the battery experts in town with batteries for literally everything. But most importantly, at this time of year, your vehicle, and they have it at the best price in town, $89.50 with Core Exchange in, in store, or they'll get it delivered to you citywide as well. Um, and right now, I mean, you might be wondering, geez, do I need a battery? I don't want to end up like that guy on the side of the road calling his pals for a boost. Um, pop down to Manitoba Battery. They'll give you a free battery test, let you know where you're at with it, how much life you've got on it. And if you do need one, you can get it at the best price in town. Don't waste your time at Costco or the big box stores. Get the best price and support local over at Manitoba Battery, 204-783-8787 or online at manitobabattery.com. And of course, you snowmobilers, all makes and models, they're ready to go, usually about $65 to $75 for your battery for the sled. Um, a big happy new year to our friends over at Royal Sports as well. Is finishing up their massive Boxing Week sale, uh, but getting into 2022 with the biggest and best selection of hockey merchandise for both skaters and goalies in town, not to mention, well, with all the snow we're getting, um, snowboarders getting ready for the season as well. Of course, they've got an amazing snowboard selection at the back. And on the other side of the store, don't forget to pop in and check out all the cool stuff on the Kings skate, snow, and surf side. And when it comes to Bomber Grey Cup merchandise, Winnipeg Jets gear, the biggest selection in town, pop down and see them 750 Pemina Highway and follow them on Instagram at Royal Sports Pemina for the latest deals and arrivals at the program, at the store. Um, and of course, if you're thinking about a new vehicle in 2022, our friends at Not Auto Corp are ready for you. They had a big year in 2021. Uh, made a lot of Manitobans happy with uh, wonderful new vehicles. And of course, they opened up the new Winnipeg Car Lab just in the last couple of months. Car Lab there for uh, corporate decals, um, wraps, striping, tinting, rims, and more. Um, but when it comes to a new vehicle, before you do anything, talk to the experts at Knot. Why not get into the car of your dreams with the help of the Knot team? Go to and see all those Teslas and all the other great vehicles on the lot in Waverly and McGilvery, or find out more online at Knot.ca. All right, Mike McIntyre is going to join us a few minutes later on. Let's get uh, Michael Remus back into the program. Remo, always good stuff with Wino. And I have to admit, just hearing the way, like finding out, just talking about this difference between the empty buildings we've got right now in Canada and what's going on in the United States. I mean, I know there's a lot of reasons for it, uh, but man, I'm with Stephen. I mean, it's hard to watch these empty fan games, and it's even harder, I think, for Canadian hockey fans to see what's happening everywhere else, except here right now, as our teams can play on the road and then come back and sit for a week or two weeks, waiting to make up games coming up when uh, hopefully it'll be able to happen. Yeah, definitely a bit of a contrast. I noticed that flipping back and forth, um, watching, you know, the Toronto-Ottawa game Saturday. It was pretty wild. And then someone in chat was saying, um, hey, like, why is that game going on? And, you know, the Jets game against the Flames got canceled Friday. Well, the, the, re and the reason is national television. You know how many people watch that Leaf-Sens game on Hockey Day in Canada? According to our boy uh, Adam Seaborn, tweeted out 1.241 
um, million. That was the highest rated rated thing on uh, Saturday or in Canada. Well, so. people do need something to watch, especially in Ontario, yeah. where I mean, and I realize that things have kind of gotten ramped up over the last couple of days. But from all accounts, with the way the cases were going, I mean, I think for the most part, people were staying home. You know, it wasn't business as usual even before everything came in yesterday. Um, so the fact that those teams were playing, I think people want the Ottawa Senators have had. A, a crazy, crazy run. I mean, they've missed a ton of games. They've had COVID outbreaks. They're in Ontario dealing with this as well. And and part of the reason why I do believe that game will be played in Winnipeg on the 15th of January, potentially in an empty building, mm -hmm. is that with all the games they already have to make up, as we talked about with Wino, the concept of canceling or postponing their Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton, and Winnipeg games on top of everything else they have to make up just doesn't really work. It wasn't the case with the Edmonton game on Saturday, on the Sunday. Um, but I mean, I really do think that if they had an option, they wouldn't have. It's not like the Winnipeg Jets and Ottawa Senators are going to be pulling 2 million viewers on Hockey Night in Canada. Um, and that revenue, when it comes to gate revenue, is very significant for all of those teams. Uh, but like Wino said, at a certain point, you can't postpone all these games. I mean, they're not pausing the season, certainly with what's going on in the United States. So, I mean, it's going to really hit some of these Canadian teams. And that sucks for the entire league and the PA, because as we all know, some of the biggest revenue generating teams, despite the dollar, are here in Canada. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, and you can put, I think you can postpone some of the games and try to get the revenue in the future. But I mean, the games against the Canadian teams that are going to be big TV draws on a Saturday, um, you got to go. And yeah, we need, I mean, it's minus 40 outside. Like I went to shovel the other day. For 10 minutes my finger i thought my fingertips were gonna freeze off so i am looking forward to this this game this jets game tonight in arizona next week i'll have to figure out figure out my uh my schedule it's definitely wide open but um i think they're postponing now and trying to you know and hope that they can have fans in the building for those games in the future but i agree you're gonna have to bite the bullet at some point and have less capacity or um or no or no fans and you know we have seen that for a couple games Bring them back. They brought back the tarps. Remember those? Uh, the tarps, ones that covered the I saw the, the tarp. Oh, they, yeah, they pulled the tarp out of the uh, back of Scotiabank Arena. Yeah, thought, thought that we'd never have to use those damn things again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, if the Jets do play this game with no fans on the 15th against Ottawa, is it just going to be an empty building and be Seltzy running around yeah. by himself in the, uh, in the stands? God, yeah, they're going to invite uh, Dance and Gaben. Like, it was just, that's a 6 p.m. game uh, on the 15th, too. It's still going. I'm assuming it's going to go. They postponed the Sunday one against Edmonton. But, yeah, I think yeah, they're going to they were going to postpone do. it, I think they would have done it. And I think the Jets are planning on having a game that night. But, you know, I can tell you, just from a season ticket holder, and, I mean, I actually had tickets for some of these Moose games lately. Uh, we just continue to get emails saying, hey, this game is postponed. This game has no fans. Um but I do feel for everyone involved in the ticketing department because what they've had to do over, I mean, they had to do all of that crazy work to figure out how the heck they were going to split up the season ticket base into halves for the games around Christmas. And then by the time the games came, um, <laughs> it wasn't happening in any ways. Um, so, uh, hey, listen, fingers crossed, we'll get these games in and we'll be able to actually attend them right now. Uh, but like with everything, it is quite touch and go. Hey, um, we are going to get back to the hockey in a minute, but it was interesting talking to you, Stephen, about the future name of the uh, Washington football team. I am going to be disappointed when they move off of WFT, Reem. I, you know, I have been a big supporter of that ever since the start. I love the uniforms. 
I think that helmets with the numbers on it are really cool. Um, and I think that they could really make something with that long term. It's a unique name, but it does sound like they're going to be going to uh, a more um, a more normal North American name, as Steven said, so he can say they're going to the X game as opposed to the football team practice. I like I was on board with the football team. I was starting to like it more than I ever have. I thought it was good. But uh, hearing Steven say how much he despised saying he's going to watch football team practice or um you know the jokes you can make when they get blown out by uh, dallas you're like oh well they're hardly a football team anymore right like how can we call these guys a football team when they're giving up 50 to the cowboys so uh i actually i like wft i like the uh, the acronym but sure go with uh he says commanders i don't haven't looked at i don't know if cool bet has odds on what the names are gonna be but we will know uh I guess the week before the Super Bowl, because the Super Bowl um, now uh, it's a week later because of the uh, longer schedule. Thank God, thank God. Every every week we can have the NFL playing, getting closer to spring, is better. I know a lot of people said that yesterday is the most disappointing Monday of the year. Not even close. The most depressing day of the year, never mind Monday, is the Monday after the Super Bowl. Because football season's over. It's early February. We're still in the midst of the coldest weather of the year. Uh, oh, and then add in this freaking global pandemic that's um, been making everyone's lives miserable for the last couple of years. Uh, that will be the day that will test the mental health uh, probably as, as much as any. Um, so, But I guess the, the one positive thing when it comes to February, Reeve, is that uh, you know even though it's very disappointing, we won't have those uh, Olympic Games, which would have been happening in the middle of the night. Um, you know, the thought of going a month without the Winnipeg Jets or at least three weeks without the Winnipeg Jets and wondering what we're going to be doing is pretty much out the window. I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of hockey during that window, considering everything that's bit the dust in December and in January so far. Oh, yeah, we're going to have a lot of I thought, you know, I was worried for February. What are we going to, we're going to have Olympic? Are we going to have to do 3 a.m. streams to talk about about games? Oh, or even 8 a.m. I forget what, I think the Jets, or not the Jets, Canada was scheduled to do a lot of those 8 a.m. Uh, games, like local time here. Um, but I guess we won't have to worry about that, but we but will we have, have done, a lot yeah, of Jets. We have just gone on after the For Canada sure. games and done shows then, and well, then people could watch it at any point. Yeah, I think, I would, I'm not sure. We never really discussed it. Um I wanted to. I would have done a 3 a.m. stream. That would be awesome to do something like that just for just for fun to see who is up watching but it's fun to say now and you know maybe when the time comes well you know what i need to go to bed but it's sometimes hard to go to bed you get f so fired up for these games i'll never forget uh 2010 like one of the best games i watched was uh russia slovakia but went into a shootout and i think it ended like after midnight and it was it was an incredible game so uh it was not even just the canada games are missing out on like the you know the other teams sweden finland russia you know czech i'm sure there would be some upstart team that you didn't expect that does well wasn't uh denmark was, yeah De denmark Ehlers. and nikolai Ehlers. we would have been Ehlers watching train. those nikolai yes. and heinz the Ehlers connection making history for uh, for denmark that really sucks for him not being able to go yeah uh, that's for sure okay listen if we're talking about the olympics in china that is an acceptable time to discuss time zones 
because the games would be in the middle well, of the night we, <laughs> for viewing it's important we just don't want to hear teams talk about time zones when it comes to traveling we well we are still going to have i mean assuming the olympics are a go which as of now they are i mean we're still going to have canada i'm excited to see who is going to be on the team i loved um the canada just you know re remembering quote remembering some guys uh who are on canada and we'll see i mean we'll see who's on um the team, whenever they announce it, I see people saying, you know, the juniors. It's kind of funny. I went to the grocery store yesterday, Hus, and like on some of the cereal boxes there, they have like world junior players saying like, go for gold and stuff. And I'm looking at this. I'm like, are these going to be heavily discounted isn't cereal there, boxes isn't now? There a, isn't there a new like promotion of Team Canada hockey cards at either Tim's or McDonald's yeah, right now? Tim's has them. I see Jeff Cabellas in chat talking about how excited he is for Team Canada. <laughs> I mean, that's why they announced the players early. For um, marketing purposes, I mean, they said this is who's going to be on the team. So you well, they have, only announced three players. You got to, you got to. What is slap. the whole thing? Is like five different uh, well, Alex Petrangelo cards and uh, eight different Crosby's. Probably. Well, I remember. I think it was '98. They announced it was '98. They announced like eight guys early, and like McDonald's or Coca-Cola had like uh, coins you could get of each of the players, and I, I collected those. So. So yeah, I guess Tim Hortons will have their like three. Yeah, I haven't looked into the product that much actually, but I see Michael Wynn. He's excited about it as well in chat. So maybe we'll have to, they're asking if we're going to do some openings. I mean, if the Jets aren't playing, I guess we're just going to become like a pack opening. Well, channel. yeah, 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 exactly. We'll get the, uh, get the Earl of Eli in with some, uh, some packs and we'll just basically crack them uh, for, uh, for the time being. Um, but you know, as far as I know, lots of hilarious shots about the time zones and we will have to discuss time zones when it comes to when particular events are at the Olympics. Uh, but as far as for the uh, local hockey team, uh, it's been nice. Have not heard that mentioned once over the course of this week. They were in Vegas. Now they're in Arizona tonight. Thursday is taken on the Colorado Avalanche. And um, yes, they are in the mountain time. What, what you need to know is that the game starts at 8 p.m. It'll finish up around 1030 or 1045. And then our pals, the uh, legal curve. And then Kenny and Rennie will have some great post-game coverage for you on their respective YouTube channels. Um, and I know who's that was asking about the, about the junior team um, being representing for Canada. Um, and I guess technically some of those players could be on the team if Hockey Canada wanted to go that way. I don't believe that will be the case. I think they're going to be going with sort of a backup plan, a plan of professionals. Probably, frankly, a lot of guys that maybe were going to be on that Spengler Cup team, Remus, because, of course, the Spengler was another event that bit the dust over the course of the last few weeks. I mean, it was really a go right up until Dusty and some of the guys were getting ready to get onto the plane. Um I don't think anyone's surprised about that, but you do see, I, I would have a feeling that that team would sort of be the backbone of the, uh, of the backup plan. I would think so. Yes. Bangalore cup was scheduled to go on the 26th. They pulled out on the 20th. So like six days notice. I'm sure they had a team ready. I love, first of all, I love the Spangler cup rosters. It's the best. And I'm sure we'll see more of that for, um, for the Olympics. I mean, I haven't heard too many details, but we're assuming, it, assuming it's a go. Bravo, Bri, what's up? Happy New Year, dude. He said no junior team would like to lose their players for three weeks plus five weeks of COVID quarantine. That's true. They wouldn't like to, but I mean, it's not like they'd have to give a release. I mean, these are junior players. Hockey Canada is sort of at the top of all of it. So if there ever was that situation where they figured that it would be, I mean, the junior teams don't probably like losing their players for all those games around Christmas when they go to the World Juniors, but they know it's a great honor for them. 
I uh, just don't really think that will be. And never mind, I mean, Canada could consider it. I'm not sure whether the Russian juniors would even be allowed. Are they allowed to fly, Remus? Or uh, you know, did, did we talk about this yesterday? The entire Russian junior team getting kicked off the plane in Calgary when they were supposed to get back? Yeah. Coaches hacking darts at the back and cranking loud Russian rock music? Yeah, we never touched on that. There were actually a couple stories from the weekend we never touched on. Uh, that was one of them. I mean, I guess disappointing for to hear that from the team. I know you're pissed off about thing getting canceled, but I mean, behaving on a plane is pretty uniform. You know Everyone knows how to do it. I mean, I know you're excited to be with your friends, and you're probably pissed off. The Russians off, but... are maniacs. Let's just call it the way that it is. I was looking up to see, oh, I'm like, Russian team kicked off plane. And you know what came up? The same damn thing happened in 2011. Really? <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. You can look it up. Anyways, we'll uh, touch on that, get to a few stories at the end of the program. Uh, we are going to head down to the desert right away and hook up with Mike McIntyre from the Winnipeg Free Press. Uh, if the Jets win tonight, you might want to cheers your pals if you're uh, watching at home because everything closes at 10 now with an ice-cold Little Brown Jug. Great to have Little Brown Jug with us heading into 2022. Just celebrated five years in Winnipeg over on William Avenue in December and, of course, created that amazing new beer for the anniversary, the Brute IPA, which is available around the city. Check out that winter variety pack and, of course, the flagship brand, the 1919. Pick it up at William Avenue at the brewery and tap room, or you can order online with citywide delivery at littlebrownjug.ca. Um, we'll talk some curling heading into the Olympics. I can tell you that much. Jen Jones and the team ready to represent Manitoba and Canada for a second time and going for a second gold medal. Of course, Princess Auto, proud sponsors of the Jen Jones rink and curling around the company and the place where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. Think it and make it happen in 2022 at one of the two local locations of Princess Auto or shop online 24-7, 365 at princessauto.com. And uh, with things pretty quiet out right now and cold outside, you're probably not going out to watch the game tonight because uh, well, the game's going to probably end or still be going on when you got to leave. That being said, it's always a great night to order the awesome taste of Boston pizza. Get those gourmet pizzas, Boston wings, delicious pasta dishes, and so much more by calling your local Boston pizza for tonight's game. Or you can simply go to bostonpizza.com and order online. All right, let's get ready for a big revenge game tonight for the Winnipeg Jets. And uh, look at this, just making all of us jealous, beyond belief, palm trees in the background, and our friend oh, Mike yeah. McIntyre joining us from outside Gila River Arena. It, Mike, if I'm not mistaken, Happy New Year, by the way, you are just outside the entrance to uh, McFadden's Bar, aren't you? Is that right am, over your Mike. right shoulder? It is actually here. Well, uh, good eye on me. I've there had a couple go. in that spot. You've been, a, you've been a, here before. Yeah. A great gathering spot for Winnipeg Jet fans before the games. Be interesting to see how many. Hey, Darb, your thanks very much for the uh, super chat, pal. Got barred from the CBC comments this morning. Gee, I don't know what you were doing there. Anyways, Darb, thanks very much for it. Um, Yeah, Mike, it looks pretty nice outside. Uh, hockey weather, huh? Yeah. For uh, January, in fact, it's funny, my Uber driver, when I came over here to the rink today for morning skate, he was complaining about how cold it was. 
Uh, apparently he said this is the coldest day of the year, although I pointed out we're only the third day of the year, so that's a small sample size. I think he meant the whole winter. Um, but yeah, it was like about, I don't know, seven, eight degrees this morning. And uh, it's supposed to hit about 18 today. So that is uh, that is some nice weather. It, it actually was really chilly in Vegas the other day, like on the weekend. Uh, it actually dropped below freezing. Uh, I think that's the first time I can say I've ever been able to see my breath in Las Vegas. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, all things considering, uh, it is uh, it's lovely weather out and uh, a good day for uh, for a hockey game as the Jets try to make it a three-game winning streak. Uh, their opponent tonight, Huss, not nearly as uh, as strong as the last two that they've beaten. You know, the Jets have won two in a row against the team that's on top of the Central Division and the team that's on top of the Pacific Division. Of course, tonight's opponent is at the very bottom of all of the divisions. They are dead last in the NHL. However, Jets fans don't need to be reminded that one of their six wins this year did come against uh, your Winnipeg Jets uh, just over a month ago. Yeah, unfortunately, that's something we all tried to leave in 2021, but we knew we'd be talking about it in early 2022 when these teams get together. We'll talk about this game in a second, but um, Mike, fill us in on what happened this morning. Uh, the old uh, rope-a-dope on the ice time for the morning skate right now? Yeah, so the Coyotes sent out a release yesterday saying that they weren't going to have a morning skate today, and that's not totally unusual. Lots of times teams uh, nowadays, I guess especially with COVID, they decide to take a pass on it. Uh, so the Jets moved their skate up. They were planning on hitting the ice at, uh, I guess, noon Winnipeg time. Uh, lo and behold, though, the Coyotes, I guess, had a change of heart, and they did have a morning skate that went on and on and on. And uh, the Jets, um, uh, finally, the Zamboni chased the Coyotes off the ice uh, long after their window expired. And so the Jets were waiting patiently. You know, I found it curious that they weren't going to have a morning skate to begin with us. For all the downtime the Jets have had lately, uh, you know, that two-week break, the Coyotes have been idle even longer. They've played one game in the last 16 days, which is quite something. Uh, they had like a 10-day break, then they played one game, and now they've had a week-long break. And that one game they did play uh, was an 8-7 shootout loss to San Jose a week ago, uh, where I guess they got uh, two weeks' worth of goals, both for and against, out of the way. But yeah, I was a little curious that they initially said they weren't going to skate, and I don't think it was anything... Um, I don't think there was anything, you know, untoward happening here. They just changed their minds and Jets had to wait a little longer to hit the ice. But, uh, you know, they, they ultimately did and had a, a, a pretty short but crisp morning skate. And the one lineup decision that we were kind of waiting on, um, who was going to come in for David Gustafson? I know a lot of Cole Perfetti fans were hoping that he would get the tap on the shoulder. I admit a little part of me wondered if that might be the case, especially since Gustafson is playing center and they needed a center. Uh, but as as I thought might happen, Dominic Toninato, he'll slide over and uh, and center that fourth line. And it's Evgeny Svechnikov who comes in. He's missed, well, over two weeks, but only two games <laughs> with that injury he suffered. So uh, he comes back and, you know, that's an interesting fourth line now, Huss. You've got uh, Dominic Toninato between... 
two very skilled first rounders, right? And Evgeny Svechnikov and Christian Veselina now. Well, and that leaves Christian Reichel uh, and Jansen Harkins in those spots. And we were sort of speaking about it yesterday um, on the program that, you know, if you were thinking that maybe this is a perfect chance to get Cole Perfetti in, I mean, I don't really think of Cole Perfetti as a fourth line guy, and I'm not sure whether it makes a lot of sense for him to pop in that. So, okay, is there a spot with Wheeler, uh, sorry, with Dubois and Kyle Connor, or maybe you bring a young guy in and play him with Adam Kopp and Lowry? Bottom line is Jansen Harkins and Christian Reichel both were the sort of catalysts of the comeback and got those two goals in. Probably pretty tough to take those guys out of the lineup the way they played against Vegas on Sunday afternoon. For sure. And, you know, I don't think, look, those guys are not staying in Winnipeg's top nine forever, I don't think. Um, you know, as, as, as good as they played the other night, I mean, they're kind of placeholders there for now. Obviously, Blake Wheeler, he'll back from his injury and we assume he goes back at least into the top nine uh once he's back um and for sure i mean the jets have some skilled players including ones that'll be on the fourth line tonight that have played up in that top nine you know evgeny svechnikov of course he's been with dubois and connor earlier in the season and and that's where he was playing before he got hurt uh now it's jansen harkins in that spot and and i thought jansen harkins had a lot of jump to his game in addition to the goal he scored the other day, he was really moving well with those guys. So he gets another opportunity there. And yeah, Christian Reichel with just two games on his resume, uh, I think they really like what he can bring on that third line. You know, he's a right shot. The Jets don't have many of those those right shots in the lineup right now. And he's a big body who can move. And so I think they like what he did with Lowry and Kopp and they want to give it another look. So yeah, status quo in the top nine, and it means, you know, any tinkering is going to happen on that fourth line. And, you know, if David Gustafson doesn't get hurt, you wonder, they, they might not make any change. You know, if any Sietzschagov might have had to bide his time to get back in the lineup, but obviously an injury opens the door, and so back he comes. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I get the sense here, Haas, that Dave Lowry, whether it's the lines or the D pairs, you know, he he's come in here with, the idea that he doesn't owe anybody anything, right? There's a there's a clean slate, I think. And, you know, we've seen that now with what he's done with the D pairs and moving Dylan DeMello up with Josh Morrissey. He's slowly kind of putting his own stamp on this team. And it'll be interesting to see what else he might have in mind as we go forward here. Well, let's talk about that defense switch because, um, you know, it was interesting to see, uh, you know, the swap of DeMello and Nate Schmidt. And, and when you look at how things ended up ice time wise, I mean, you had Neil Pionk carrying the, uh, the you know, the horses load with 24 and a half minutes. Josh Morris, he played just about 22, uh, but Dylan DeMello was at 19. Dylan was at 18. Nate Schmidt was just about at 19. And Logan Stanley was just about at 17. That's as uh, yeah. as well distributed minutes, I think, as we've seen in a long, long time for all six defensemen in a game. It is. And, you know, I, I think a part of, of the, the rationale here for Dave Lowry is this, Huss. As we know, the Jets are going to play almost exclusively on the road here for a while because of the situation back home. You know, they've, they've already scrubbed some home games. Uh, and, you know, there may be more to come. We'll see what happens with capacity as we go sort of deeper into January here. Uh, but as it, as it stands right now, the Jets are supposed to play eight of nine on the road. And, you know, when you're on the road, you don't get the last matchup, right? The other team can try and exploit what they maybe see as weaknesses. And so I think what 
you know, maybe Dave Lowry's done in his mind is balanced his D pairs a little more than maybe the, he thought they had been balanced. And I think he likes DeMello and Morrissey. And who wouldn't like DeMello and Morrissey? Uh, you could just roll the four-game sweep of Edmonton last year from the from the playoffs as exhibit A of why those guys can be a very effective tandem. And, you know, I think with Nate Schmidt, they see him as a guy that can be a really good mentor right now to Logan Stanley. Um, and, you know, maybe bolster that third pair, bring a little more oomph to the third pair than, than it has with a Dylan DeMello on it. So I think Dave Lowry has done this um, with the idea that he's not going to have last change in the majority of games here for a while. And he's comfortable, regardless of which of those three pairs is out, he's pretty comfortable with the matchup. And, uh, and so we've got that balance now in the lineup, knock on wood, uh, that everybody stays healthy, which... For this Jets blue line this year, they, they really have stayed healthy, which is not something we've seen in past years. No, there's no doubt about that. Um, but, you know, and I kind of got into this with Perfetti. I know there are a lot of there'll be a lot of people very anxious to get him into the lineup. And to be honest, if he's just going to be in the press box, he'd be better off playing in the Manitoba right. Moose game tonight, even with no fans. Um, but I think, you know, this is one week. He'd just been playing, you know, throughout the break, unlike everybody else with Team Canada, getting some games at the World Juniors. Um, and if there's not a spot for him in the lineup, I'd imagine he'll be back with the Moose relatively soon, uh, especially considering there's another week off in between games, Thursday yeah. to Thursday, Mike. just had that one game against Detroit, and they do have one home game that's still on the schedule. I don't anticipate fans being in the building for the 15th of January against the Sens. The game's postponed against uh, Edmonton the following day, and then you see the team get back out for you know, four games in six nights, including back-to-back -back afternoon games against Boston and Pittsburgh. So there will right. be pockets of heavy activity, a break. And then as we talked about with Wino, I mean, I'm not sure where you're at, but I would be imagining a very busy February for the Jets and most of the Canadian teams. The NHL's now up to 92 postponed games. You do wonder at how, at what point do they have to say, listen, we can't postpone any more of these games if we do want to still stick to our original framework of the schedule being finished the regular 82 games by the end of April. For sure. I, I have to think we're getting close to that threshold now where the February Olympic window is getting close to being totally full. And of course, we haven't seen the official game announcement times yet. That should come very soon. But uh, by the way, Huss, I, I've gotten this question a lot. People wondering why is that game against the Senators still on the schedule? And they've already scrubbed the one against the Oilers the following night with the belief that, you know, fans are probably still not going to be allowed. My understanding is that's strictly a TV decision. Uh, you know, the rights holder, Sportsnet, they want games on Saturday night. That's their big night, right? And so we just saw this past Saturday, there was a game in Toronto, an empty arena game involving the Leafs. I believe there's another Canadian game. I'm not sure which market it's in this coming Saturday. So I think they've left a handful of games right now in Canadian markets uh, strictly for TV purposes. But where they can, they are scrubbing these games until they can hopefully get fans back in and get those revenues. So, yeah, February is going to fill up. The Jets are going to get busy. Uh, but right now, they do have another break looming. And that's why if you're the Jets, you probably want to empty the tank here tonight and Thursday in Denver, right? Because a lot of other teams, they're going to keep playing while you kind of get this other break. And you don't want to allow too much separation between you and the teams you're chasing, 
even though you'll have the games in hand, uh, there's something to be said about optics, right? And and so if you fall a ton of points behind, even though you have those games in hand, it seems a lot more daunting. And so, you know, the Jets, they have a chance tonight, I think, to get within one point of the final Western Conference playoff spot. And they would still have 50 games left, so all kinds of runway. Uh, but, yeah, this is a big one. Uh, you know, you don't want to leave points on the table when you're playing the proverbial free space on the bingo card the NHL bingo card in in the Arizona Coyotes. Well, no doubt about it. I mean, the Jets already burned two points against these guys on home ice in a game that we spent a lot of time talking about over the past uh, days and weeks. Um, and, I mean, to me, I mean, I realize it's ridiculous to say it's a game is a must win, you know, with 50 games left in the season, but this would be a disaster if they did not win this game. I mean, you know, you beat St. Louis, you beat Vegas, you've right. got a new head coach, you're kind of getting some momentum going in the right direction. A loss tonight would completely derail that. And then I think you'd, you know, it'd be very interesting to see what happens against the Avalanche. Um, best case yeah. scenario, the team goes and plays the way that they can, the way they have been for the last couple games under Dave Lowry and it gets the, uh, gets the result that they need. Just one more thing on that Ottawa trip to Winnipeg. I was speaking with Ryan Pike from Flames Nation who reached out to someone from the National Hockey League. And what is interesting about that, Mike, is Ottawa has already lost a ton of games. They're, of course, in the East. And that game in Winnipeg is the end of a four-game road trip that goes through Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary, and Winnipeg. And, um, you know, you, he just said that Flames-Ottawa game won't be rescheduled because it's part of a Western road trip that Ottawa has to get in to complete their schedule. And this is right. now, I think, a good example of the fact that we're getting to the point where they don't have a lot of options once you have that many games. And uh, But certainly television, I think we saw that on Saturday, um, you know, with the empty game between the Sens and the Leafs while we were flipping over to see 40,000 in Minneapolis at Target Field. Watching the uh, watching the Winter Classic. I want to get back to the coach for a minute because we talked a bit about the morning skate, but it was interesting reading your piece in the Winnipeg Free Press uh, from yesterday that the Winnipeg Jets were given the option to have a day off if they wanted to, maybe get away, get out golfing. Um, Paul Stastny took a vet day. Connor Hellebuck didn't. Other than that, everyone was there, present and accounted for. Was this a test from the new head coach as to who? Uh, Who's committed? That was the first thing Rima said. Like, who's saying no to the first option from a new head coach when you're in the situation you are right now after two weeks off? I mean, fill us in on what happened yesterday and uh, your take from what you saw from the Winnipeg Jets and also how the practice went. Yeah, I imagine that's one of those husks where there's a little bit of peer pressure. Everybody's looking around the room <laughs> like, what, what are you doing? Well, what are you doing? And, uh, you know, if you're Paul Stasny, look, you played over a thousand games, you, you can call your own shot. And if you're Connor Hellebuck, I mean, Connor Hellebuck just had what 40 something shots the previous day in Vegas. So I think your Vesna trophy winner and he's entitled to kind of take the option and, and they have another goalie here on the trip in Arvid home. So it's not like there was one cage that was left empty, but yeah, I mean, I think for Dave Lowry, like he said that he was pleasantly surprised I don't know, maybe, you know, like you said, it might have been a test. And if it was, I guess, consider the test passed by these Winnipeg Jets. Um, you know, it's it's interesting, right? Like Dave Lowry is not, it's not like he was brought in like Bruce Boudreau in Vancouver, where there was no familiarity. And, uh, you know, he's obviously been around for the last season and a half as an assistant. But I, I do get the sense that everybody on the team is kind of on their toes. They know that he doesn't have the same loyalties, the same 
some might call them blind spots when it comes to certain decisions, right, that Paul Maurice, just through his tenure, probably developed. And so you want to try and impress. You want to do what you can to get noticed. I mean, I think we can all relate to that in, in one way or another in our own lives of whether it's a new boss at work or, you know, whatever the case, right? A new girlfriend, a new boyfriend that you're trying to impress. You're on your best behavior. You're trying to do everything possible to, uh, uh, you know, to get noticed. And so for the Jets, you know, it was a good sign. It was a, it was a much quicker practice than the ones that they had last week when it was marathon after marathon. Um, but I think they recognize, look, they do have another break coming up and there should be some added urgency. This team does not have uh, the comfort of putting their feet up at all and, you know, relaxing or getting complacent. They just don't. There's there's not as much room for error anymore. And so I think we're going to see a Jets team that, uh, you know, comes out and plays like they practiced yesterday and, and a pretty brisk morning skate today. They're going to come out kind of all all cylinders going. Mike McIntyre, the Winnipeg Free Press, joining us on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Eight o'clock puck drop tonight between the Jets and the Arizona Coyotes before the team finishes up Thursday night at the Pepsi Center in Denver against the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, Mike, a bit of breaking news coming in. Um, it's been a terrible run for the Edmonton Oilers. I uh, was saying earlier on the program, I spent a good portion of the morning listening to my pal Dustin Nielsen in Edmonton. Oh, my God. The calls, the text line. I mean, the city is burning. Get this. It got worse today. Connor McDavid has tested positive for COVID-19. They're going to retest him right now. Um, you know, it, it, it is it, it, stunning, honestly, to see what's happening with Edmonton with all that talent and with McDavid and with Dreisaitl, the playing they are. But, um, you know, as we talked about with Wino a little earlier, I mean, if you're not getting any saves, it's tough to win games right now. And um, they're just in that tough spot of a schedule where it seems like nothing is going right. And, uh, well, Murphy's Law in full effect right now when you hear that the best player in the world is now on the shelf. So, you know, it's interesting. I know there was a lot of, of of anger when when the NHL announced they weren't going to Beijing, right? And I think we were all looking forward to seeing NHL players. Well, the biggest reason they cited, of course, material disruption to the schedule because of COVID. But there was the other issue of what if players were to test positive when over there? Well, now you've got the best player in the world. Granted, he's not in Beijing and good thing. Um, you know, and Austin Matthews, I believe he's had a positive test as well, right? Like Big, big names are are getting sick, and that's kind of the worst-case scenario had they gone to Beijing, that it would happen over there. Not to say that there's ever a good time to test positive, uh, but, yeah, if you're the Edmonton Oilers, uh, just, you know, whatever can go wrong is seemingly going wrong. And I saw Dave Tippett's comments after their loss last night in New York. He pretty much threw Miko Koskinen under the bus and then drove over oh. his number one goaltender with the bus. Mike Smith is hurt again. You know, to me, that's got to be on Ken Holland more than anything. Like, when they re-signed the exact same goalies that weren't good enough to get it done last year when it really mattered, and they're a year older, and you're relying on now 39, soon-to-be 40-year-old Mike Smith to carry the load, what did you think was going to happen? Um, you know, so they're a mess. They really are. And... They're kind of lucky that teams like the Jets and some other teams haven't played a whole lot lately because they they really could fall out of a playoff spot here. They were the beasts of the West for the longest time. 
Now they may soon be on the outside looking in, and you got to think something might give. I even heard some people suggesting Paul Maurice oh. should get a phone call. Can you can you imagine us? I mean, what a what a scenario that would be if uh, Paul Maurice were to be brought in. That rescheduled game on January 16th coming in February and all of a sudden Paul was behind the bench. Well, it's hilarious you mentioned that Dustin often does a thing at the end of the game. He'll be like, uh, your reaction to tonight's game, uh, one gif. And I'm going down. It's a bunch of funny things. It's the burning dumpster fire. It's explosions. And then all of a sudden the infamous Paul Maurice wave gif is coming up a couple times. I'm going, oh my God, here we go. Uh, but uh, it is a mess. Hey, quickly, back to tonight's game, and we've talked a lot about the Winnipeg Jets. I mean, you've covered the situation in the desert for a long time. It's been quite an eventful year off the ice for the Coyotes. What uh, what have your media brethren said about the uh, state of the franchise right now and the future of the Coyotes? Because, of course, uh, if you want to get and have a few beers at McFadden's before a Coyotes-Jets game, this is your chance to do it because they're getting their asses kicked out for next year. Yeah, you know, when I showed up at the rink here this morning, I, I was a little surprised that there wasn't a padlock on it uh, uh, because there was a time not too long ago that it looked like they might get locked out of their own building um, given, uh, you know, the latest, which had to do with, I think, missed payments. And it's a mess. Like, this is a, this is an organization that can't seem to get out of its own way, can't seem to stop shooting itself in the foot. You know, whether it's the... Um, the lost draft picks for violating the combine rules. There was, of course, the notorious draft pick that they made that they later rescinded because of the horrific background of the player that they took. Like, they just continue to to make mistake after mistake. And, of course, many ownership changes and rumors of relocation. As the old saying goes, you know, find someone who loves you or looks at you the way Gary Bettman looks at the Coyotes because uh, he just can't quit this team and this city. Uh, but for sure, there's a real uncertain future beyond this year as to where they're going to play. Um, you know, there is talk, of course, of trying to secure another new arena deal. And that seems to not really be going anywhere. So, yeah, I mean, and add, add to the mix, it'd be one thing if this was a team that was a perennial contender. Maybe you could almost uh, tolerate some of this. But the fact that they continue to be, you know, the doormats of the league and and they're further away from being a contender today than they ever have been. You know, they, they seem to be in full tank mode here, uh, barely fielding an NHL caliber roster on many nights, which again points to why if you're the Jets, you don't want to lose to these guys twice in a year. Once was bad enough. But yeah, there's, uh, there's certainly chatter about the future of this team. But one thing is certain, Huss, uh, the NHL is going to do everything, continue to do everything it can to keep hockey here. And look, you know, I'm in this, I'm outside the rink here. And why wouldn't this be a place that you'd want to try and keep a team? Like everything about this area, uh, this city, this state is is beautiful, right? This is a place you'd want to be. Um, but clearly what they've done, at least to date, just hasn't worked. And they've got to find a better way. Yeah, I mean, the, the biggest problem for them is that all the people are 90 minutes away from where you're at yeah. right now. And uh, I've well, been talking with fans at games. They say, oh, we love coming out. But, um, you know, with the traffic in that area, cool. I mean, to get to a 7 o'clock weekday start, there are people that are leaving their place at 4.30 and 4.45. And that's just the way that it is. And, you know, it, it, for a football team, 
it's a big event. You've got your eight right. games or nine games. That's one thing. I'm very different when you're expecting people to come in seven days a week over the course of a 41 home schedule. Yeah, you know, I, I walked around this area yesterday after the Jets practiced here, and a couple of things. I've been here before, but this is the first time I've ever been here when it was as dead as it was. It, you know, a weekday, uh, the Coyotes weren't even practicing here yesterday. It was just the Jets. So I walked around, and, you know, it's a beautiful area, as you know, Huss, in terms of what they've what they've built up here. they got the shopping, and they've got hotels, and uh, the hotels aren't very full right now, though. Of course, COVID, no doubt, you know, having an impact on that. And all these great restaurants and bars and lounges that are just empty. And this does feel, in a way, like a wasted space. They've got one of the nicest setups in the league here. And they have very few people to kind of really take advantage of it on a regular basis. And it's it's a shame, really. Uh, you know, a bit of a miscalculation, I guess, on everybody's part. Um, the, the idea that if you build it, they will come. Well, they built it and they kind of haven't come, not in the way they imagined. What Has there been any speculation as to where they'll play games next year? I mean, I'd heard even a proposal that they might play at Chase Field, which is where the Diamondbacks play. It was like shades of the Tampa Bay Lightning playing in the trop the first couple of years. Um, and then, of course, you, you have heard places like Houston and Kansas City that have buildings ready to go of a potential move. But it certainly does seem like that is the last resort for Gary Bettman as you've mentioned they've uh, put a lot into this market but um, man it's in a bad spot right now it is yeah I mean there's there's of course uh, college facilities I suppose and they're not getting big crowds here anyway so you could certainly downsize if you had to um, you know and and so I think that's one of the things on the table but yeah I mean I can't imagine the NHL would allow them to be a traveling team you know, that would be a farce at, at, at this level. Um, and, you know, it, it's clear, at least for now, it would seem relocation is off the table. But I will say this, Huss, the Atlanta Thrashers and their fans, they thought they weren't going anywhere, right, in 2010 and 2011. And then, you know, it, it then it just happened. So I guess never say never would be my point that, you know, what we hear publicly from the NHL and maybe what's happening behind the scenes um, could be very different. I'll put it that way. No doubt about it. Uh, sounds like Carl Vimelka. He uh, is going to get another crack at the Winnipeg Jets the tonight. Eh? The 46 the save shutout. I have a feeling this Winnipeg Jets team will go out. This, this, what happened back, and I know Dave Lowry wasn't the head coach, that game you'd have to think is going to be uh, – on the minds of Winnipeg Jets when they get in there. And this really does go back to the, uh, the what Dave Lowry's been preaching all along. Um, you know, make life difficult for opposition goaltenders because that was, in my opinion, the easiest 46-save shutout an NHL goaltender's ever had. It was. And I'll say this. I mean, the Coyotes are without their number one defenseman, a bona fide stud in Jacob Chikrin, who also played that night against the Jets when the Jets put up 46 and couldn't score. So, they're even more porous than usual, Haas. Uh, I watched Chikrin. Uh, he actually was part of the morning skate today. He stayed out and did some extra work. He's recovering from an injury he suffered a few weeks ago, and he's an absolute stud of a defenseman. So, you know, he, he changes the dynamic a lot when he's in the lineup, and he won't be in the lineup tonight. So, for sure, I, I expect the Jets are going to come out guns a-blazing, as they should, and... Uh, 
Uh, it, it could be a very different night. And if it's not, my goodness, uh, get ready for the angst levels to rise uh, about as rapidly as the red often does in the spring around uh, around Winnipeg. A uh, full game uh, report in tomorrow's Winnipeg Free Press from uh, Arizona and then uh, off to Denver tomorrow. What do you have planned for the rest of the week heading into the uh, finale of the roadie on Thursday against the Avs? Yeah, off to uh, what is expected to be very snowy Denver, not unlike Winnipeg. They're getting, they're supposed to get a bunch of snow. I, I know it's fallen in Winnipeg, but they're getting a bit of a storm tomorrow. So hopefully the flight in beats the, uh, beats the bad weather. Uh, and uh, yeah, I've got my newsletter coming out tomorrow where I'll be talking about, among other things, Huss. I know we didn't touch on it today. I got served room service by a robot oh. the other day in Las Vegas. Uh, Priscilla. I love that. Yeah, so I'm going to write a bit about Priscilla the robot uh, and uh, and some other things as well. Uh, I also was was on a plane. Yeah, there's Priscilla. There it is. He's a beauty. He's a beauty. All right. Uh, I was also on an airplane yesterday when I flew here, and there was a bulldog flying first class. Appeared to have his own seat. Us. Uh, so I've seen some strange things already. 2022 is off to a strange start between a robot showing up at my hotel room and a bulldog flying first class. Uh, I'm not sure what's next. Well, didn't you take an Uber with a guy that was buddies with the dude that took down the Sens? The the, uh, the infamous I Sens did. Uber video? I did. I did. The guy, My Uber driver yesterday was best buddies with the... Uh, by the way, uh, Dylan DeMello was one of those senators in the Uber. I don't know if you realize that. <laughs> He was one of the seven. That. He was one of the seven senators. He wasn't the one doing the majority of the trash talk, and that was Matt Duchesne. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I also had a really interesting Uber driver in Vegas the other day who was telling me uh, about his former best friend who uh, stole his wife and recently <laughs> died. And as he put it. He was a sick son of a bitch. I'm not happy. I, I'm not sad to see him go. So yeah, I've had a real run of of strange uh, run-ins and stories, and so uh, I look forward to sharing some of those in my newsletter. Sign up for the newsletter, folks. Uh, it's a as good of a tease as you'll ever have for what's coming up tomorrow. Well, Mike, thanks for doing this. Uh, enjoy a little bit of warmer weather. Travel safe out to Denver, and we'll look forward to all your coverage of uh, tonight's game and the rest of the road trip in the Winnipeg Free Press. You bet you guys stay warm. Take care. <laughs> right on. There he is. Mike McIntyre getting ready for tonight's 8 p.m. puck drop between the Winnipeg Jets and the Arizona Coyotes. Hey, a big cheers and a happy new year to our friends, Nick and Nikki and the Nick and Nikki DQ group Four locations in Winnipeg and Southern Manitoba, including the DQ in Niverville. And I know Nick and DQ big supporters of a lot of things happening out in Niverville. They are very excited out in Niverville for their upcoming new Manitoba Junior Hockey League team. They named a new coach and GM this week. I know they've been supporting that group and Nick's been involved uh, with that. So congratulations to uh, the Niverville MJHL group and I know a lot of people will be hitting that DQ before and after games when they're out in the area. Of course, they also have the DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, and DQ St. Anne's, which is now open year-round. Hit them up on Instagram at DQ Manitoba. If you need to order a cake, they'll have it ready for you, custom-made at any of the four locations. And uh, especially for you folks out in St. Patel, check out Skip the Dishes and Uber Eats if you want to get the great taste of DQ from Nick and Nikki delivered to you at home.
Um, and of course, cheers to our friends at Canadian Club, the official whiskey of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and great supporters of Winnipeg Sports Talk been with us and uh, sponsoring all of our marble races on Friday with some of that great merch we did up with our friends at Canadian Club. Uh, it's cold right now. People aren't going to bars, but of course you can pop by your local Manitoba Liquor Mart, get great bonus air miles with Canadian Club purchases. And while supplies last, Jim Beam purchases are coming with a special exclusive 2021 Grey Cup Champions Limited Edition glass. Uh, if you are looking for that specifically, you might want to call your Liquor Mart before you go to make sure they've got supplies remaining at the local. Big thanks to Canadian Club for their support. And uh, we will get to the Cool Bet lines coming up in a couple minutes. Uh, and we'll discuss this uh, Jets game tonight as well as everything else happening around the National Hockey League. But uh, let's get Remus back in here to uh, finish up the program. Remo, uh, great stuff with Mike. Um, you know, I don't know whether it's the weather. The weather's a little bit of it, but... Um, I am mean, incredibly jealous when I see our friends south of the border going about their business somewhat normally. Um, and of course, getting to go to games with fans tonight, as uh, we will see. Now, I'm not sure whether this game tonight will look like the Ottawa-Toronto game with not very many people there. We know the struggles the Coyotes have had putting butts in seats. Um, but for the Winnipeg Jets, none of that really matters. It's all about getting a big two points. And, um, you know, I think if you get a win tonight and you feel good about yourself, it really makes this Thursday game interesting. Uh, but you certainly can't be looking past an opponent that, uh, you know, has only won six games this season. But one of them, a very memorable game, a tough loss against Winnipeg here in the, in the city. Yeah, I see Mike standing outside comfortably. And... Um... I get, I get jealous. I did look it up. It is 16 there right now. Oh man, that's that's got to be nice. That's like what, like more than 30 degrees warmer than it is than it is here. But yeah, you talk about Arizona. I mean, we kind of dumped on them all last time the Jets played them, and I mean the Jets got a lot of shots on goal. It wasn't a lot of high danger ones, but it was uh, Karel Vimelka who came in with the big game. He's starting again tonight. And we've kind of dumped on them last time. We're dumping on them today. I mean, they do only have six wins on the year, but yes, one of those... They're on pace to be the worst team in NHL history yeah. in the three-point era. I mean, and, and that was why that game, and I know T. Will is like, I know we're kind of joking about teams that, you know, are terrible that beat the Jets. I mean, if you want to look at, you know, what happened with Paul Maurice and why he came to that conclusion, look no further than those two horrible losses to Arizona and Buffalo. And of course, Buffalo will go down as the last game he coached as uh, the Winnipeg Jets uh, bench boss. It took a couple days, I think, to come to the realization of what he announced on the Friday after that program. Uh, but those were incredibly disappointing, the way the team played. Um, and again, numbers, you know, sometimes numbers don't tell the whole story. And uh, the shot clock in that game, I mean, it was a game that was dominated by the Winnipeg Jets. Unfortunately, they didn't do what it took to get to the net. They had 46 shots, most of them from the perimeter. And, uh, you know, Carl Vimelka was a guy we had no idea who he was before the game, and he ended up with his first NHL shutout making 46 saves. So I would imagine, Reem, that we are going to see a very focused and determined Winnipeg Jet team to uh, avoid the embarrassment that happened on home ice a little while ago. Yeah, I agree. Um, I haven't made my DraftKings lineup yet, but uh, I will be looking at, uh, at the you know, putting in some Jets, although usually when I put them in, um, they don't do well. So we'll see. We'll see. I mean, the total's 3.4. They are a heavy favorite tonight, minus 189. This is a game that you should win. Um, you know, there's the rested. Uh, maybe there is a slight 
time zone change going from the Pacific to the mountain. But, um, you know, I like that all the guys practice yesterday, as you said, didn't take the option, which I mean, come on. Is it really when you have a new Can head coach? We said, oh, we gave them the option and everybody went golfing. Nobody showed up yeah. to the rink. Is that Would've a, been a re- tough look? Is that a real option? Um, I'm not I'm not sure if it is there. I mean, I get Stasny and, and Hellbuck being like, you know what? Uh, I'm good. So hopefully they uh, they come out hard. I mean, first periods have been tough for the Jets. They usually get it going in the second and third. Uh, the Jets notes were putting out that you know their goal differential in the second is the best is the best of any period, and the third as well is also a positive. So I know uh, cliche to say, but they're gonna want to get out to a a good start tonight, Hus, because I mean you did see uh, the other day they did have to dig themselves out of a hole, which they did scoring four straight, but then they gave up. Gave up two. So I'm curious what kind of game we're going to see tonight. Will the Jets be converting on a lot of their shots? If, you know, the shots are similar to uh, what we saw. I still can't forget that game against Arizona. It was almost almost hard. Were you at the game? No, I was not. I was watching on TV, but like it's hard. I was at both of those games. I mean, the the walk out of the building was something that will always stick with me. Just the... You know how it was the combination of the disappointment, the anger. It was there was a lot of bad vibes amongst the fans leaving those games, and justifiably so. You couldn't almost realize or believe what you just saw. Speaking of tonight's game, let's get to the lines for our friends over at Coolbet Canada. Um, and this line has actually moved quite a bit from when it opened last night. Right now, the Jets are a heavy favorite, minus two thirty-eight, and the Coyotes are plus two hundred, a two-to-one home underdog. Heading into this game, the over-under is six and a half. Uh, But I mentioned yesterday, this had to be a big game for the Winnipeg Jets. I don't often bet on them, but I was going to make a puck line wager on them today uh, for tonight's game. Last night, got it in at plus 145. And I'm just looking at right now, I obviously wasn't the only one because that number is now down to plus 114. Uh, So essentially, you know, a $100 bet would bring you back $214 for the Jets to win by two for tonight's game. And if you think they might win by three, you can still get plus 205. Um, And heck, if you think Coyotes are going to run away with it, uh, a Coyote win by two is five to one, and a Coyote win by three is plus 950. Um, Home tying away, so essentially a three-way option. Jets in regulation, minus 143. Tie is plus 350, and the Coyotes in reg is plus 320 um let's take a look oh let's actually let's take a quick look at some of the props for the games tonight kyle connor plus 110 to score a goal mark shifley plus 160 ehlers plus 170 i'd have to get in on a little ehlers for tonight uh pierre luc dubois two to one clayton keller top coyote listed at plus 230 andrew Kopp plus 250 three to one for paul stastny jansen harkins and Bill Kessel. And if you think there might be a big game awaiting for either Kyle Connor or Nikolai Ehlers, eight to one for Connor on two goals, 11 to one for Ehlers on two goals, and uh, Pierre Luc Dubois, 11 to one as well. Three Jets listed in that. And of course, Kubat's also got the bet builder. You have to get a little bet builder action for tonight going on. You can essentially pick the team you're going to, it's going to win. You can pick uh, the amount, the covering the spread, uh, score goals, assist, and whatnot. So maybe we'll put something together 
a fun little bet builder for the game tonight. Elsewhere in the National Hockey League, we do actually have quite a bit of action tonight. Uh, Bruins, big heavy favorite at home, minus 286 against the New Jersey Devils. The Tampa Bay Lightning are minus 227 against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Calgary on the road. This was going to be the Sam Bennett revenge game. Uh, not anymore. He's suspended. But the Panthers are a minus 143 favorite, taking on the Flames at plus 120 on the road. Um, Detroit, a very slight favorite, minus 111 over the San Jose Sharks, minus 106 on the road. Avalanche, heavy road favorite, similar to the Jets, minus 263, taking on the Chicago Blackhawks. And then a couple more late games tonight. Good slate. Good slate. This has been a while since we've had this many games in the National Hockey League all happening at once. Anaheim hosting the Philadelphia Flyers. Anaheim minus 137 favorites at home. And the Vegas Golden Knights minus 127 against the Nashville Predators at plus 107. You know, getting into those uh, odds, Remo, I'm fired up. Let me have to fire off a couple parlays, maybe a bet builder for the game tonight. And, uh, Maybe even a DraftKings lineup as well, because as I mentioned, it has been a while since we've had a big slate of NHL games, considering everything that's happening with all these postponements. Yes, I am for sure getting in a DraftKings lineup. Got to figure out where I'm going to go. I haven't really looked too much at the salaries getting getting ready for the show and dealing with uh, other stuff at home. But I would think the Jets are an option. Score a bunch of goals. Uh, 3.4 team total. I'd probably go with the... I mean, the Dubois-Connor line, you seem to can't miss, but Eulers safely always They owe always Carl Vemelka a few. They owe Carl Vemelka a few. Uh, yes, uh, I think regression coming. Although I haven't looked at uh, Vemelka's stats. I know that goalie who stoned the Jets, that guy's got some crazy save percentage. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm still... Uh, I mean, uh, T-Will is getting mad. We're still talking about that loss, but I think it tells you... Just what a horrible taste in our mouth that game. See, Will, how do you how do you go into this game against the Coyotes and not mention that game? I mean, it's uh, you know, it's one thing to say it was in the past. It is, but don't think for a second that these guys don't remember that game and won't come out tonight. Um, I really do think that they'll play with a bit of a chip on their shoulder. They'll play like a team that knows that they can be way better and. You know, the job is going to be to go out and execute and show it both to themselves and, of course, their new head coach, Dave Lowry, who's trying to get this ship pointed in the right direction. And, uh, you know, so far, so good. Tough loss in game number one under Lowry. The day that Maurice stepped down, better result on that Sunday afternoon against the St. Louis Blues, two weeks off. You get the two points against Vegas and a bit of a roller coaster game. This is the game you have to have. You're playing against the last place team in the National Hockey League that's already beaten you at home. You have to go out and get the two points. And I think if they do, puts them into a good situation and probably a pretty good headspace going into that game against the Avalanche on Thursday. I'm really looking forward to that game, Reem. And everyone should be because, as we've mentioned a couple times, because of the schedule and the games that are postponed, that'll be the last Jet game for a week before they head to Detroit the following Thursday. And not to mention a huge game in the division against a team that I think most people expect that by the time the dust settles, likely will be the number one team in the Central. Yeah, I mean, we here will bring up the schedule right now. As you said, the uh, weekend game postponed, postponing is Minnesota. Thursday against Detroit, we got the Ottawa at home, then on the road. So we'll only have, uh, yeah, a week. A week without uh, without Jet talk, I guess they'll come here to practice. It's not like a it's not like a bye week in football house where they all go home, right? 
Well, no, it's not. But um, I know they were supposed to have that bye week at some point during the Olympic break. I'm not sure whether that's still going to be able to happen for them or whether they move it up and give them the, uh, the the following week. I mean, there's a lot of moving parts with what's going on right now with the schedule. And as Stephen Wino said earlier today on the show, I don't think anyone envies the job that the NHL schedule maker has to begin with, but especially dealing with all these postponements right now due to uh, COVID. So it should be a good game tonight. We'll look forward to it. Eight o'clock puck drop. We'll break it down tomorrow on the show. And of course, look ahead to that big Central Division matchup Thursday for the Winnipeg Jets taking on the Colorado Avalanche. Um, Remo, before we go, just quickly some NFL news. Um, first off, did you catch the Monday Nighter last night? Listen, I was on Cleveland earlier in the week. Everything got blown up by the Bengals beating the Chiefs and it basically turning into a nothing game. But I have to admit, that was an all-time Pittsburgh night at Heinz Field with the Steeler faithful celebrating Big Ben's career. Pretty obvious that this was his last ride for number seven. Um, you know, the Super Bowl rings, the memories. I mean, so many games, so many records for that club. Um, and finishing it up amongst a disappointing season. Uh, but despite the fact that the teams are out of it, I guess Pittsburgh still has a very, very faint chance of making the playoffs. Um, last night was all about Big Ben's last ride at Heinz Field. Yeah, what a career. I guess he's the last one, what, from the 03 draft of the top quarterbacks, Manning, Rivers, Roethlisberger, as you said, Super Bowls. The real thing was the uh, the garbage time, Najee Harris touchdown. Who who won their fantasy league on that <laughs> on that touchdown? I saw everyone talking about that. And um, I guess on the flip side, what, Baker Mayfield, he's done for the season, her shoulder. It's pretty clear he's been... Um, but uh, dealing with something for a couple weeks, a disappointing season for Cleveland last year, who, seen, who showed promise uh, last season. So, Well, Baker Mayfield actually is going to have surgery right now. He won't play on Sunday. Yep. And it's been pretty clear that he's been injured and he's been gutting it out all season. Uh, it sounds like he has been playing with the shoulder injury since week two. And he admitted following the loss last night that he was pretty beat up. Uh, he was also sacked nine times in a game. And... You know, whether it's because of what his arm situation was or what. I mean, there was a number of times where he had time, he had open receivers, didn't throw, and then ended up flat on his back. So um, I got a lot of, I mean, I do like Baker, and I think that he is a, a tough SOB and played through a lot this year. But I think there was a number of times where they would have been better off going with Case Keenum. Um, you know, a couple games that we talked about on this program, right, was uh, it made no sense to keep throwing Baker out because I mean, he just simply wasn't able to get the job done. and. You know, couldn't throw the balls that you need to win games in the National Football League. So I'm not sure whether the, where this leaves Baker going forward, whether he'll be back as the Cleveland Browns guy. I mean, certainly there'll be a spot for him in the National Football League. Uh, but whether they believe him to be that franchise starting quarterback that you invest the massive contract in, I think certainly the, uh, uh, let's just say that the, um, it's still uh, still out on Baker Mayfield, especially in Cleveland. And Kevin Stefanski is going to have some big, big decisions to make uh, as we get into uh, into the offseason. Um, NFL schedule is set. I mean, not a lot of important games on the weekend. The most important one is the Chargers and Raiders. That is a win and in playoff game uh, taken on. I believe that's in Vegas with the Raiders as three-point underdogs. Um, other games that are of importance, the Rams do need to beat the 49ers to get that two seed, but the Niners need to win. The Niners, if they lose to the Rams, 
and the Saints beat the Falcons, the Saints would actually get in at the expense of the uh, of the 49ers, which is interesting because the Niners are in the sixth seed, the Eagles are in the seventh seed, but the Eagles are the team that has clinched a playoff spot and the Niners haven't. Yeah, like I'm this new uh, NFL playoff schedule where more teams make it um, really throwing me off. I'm used to the good old days, Huss, where only where there were two buys and six team six teams get in. I'm not uh, I'm not um, you know up to date on this. And I, I see Joey Panku in chat says, "Is there not a situation where the Raiders and Chargers tie and they both get in?" I did see that if Jacksonville wins their game, the Raiders and Chargers wins their game against the Colts. The Raiders and Chargers could both get in with a tie. How, how crazy <laughs> would that be something? How crazy would that be if Jacksonville upset the Colts? And listen, um, the and Colts, the Colts are fifteen and a half point favorites on the road against the Jags hey. to win and get in. And I don't know what the totals. Do we have any? Is there? Okay, we don't have the rushing numbers yet. But trust me on this one, take over everything for Jonathan Taylor in that game, unless they pull him out in the second half because they're beating him so badly. But, uh, I mean, the Jags have thrown up the white flag. They already fired Urban Meyer. They're on to next season. Gave up the 50-burger last week to the Patriots. This is uh, what a horrible way for Trevor Lawrence to start his career. I mean, he came in as one of the top quarterback prospects in the last decade at least. Um, and it's been underwhelming from a personal standpoint, but not a lot of help right now for Lawrence with the Jags. And uh, you do wonder how different that team is going to look. And obviously, who's going to be the guy in charge of turning it around in the uh, aftermath of the mess that Urban Meyer left after getting fired in not even a full season uh, as an NFL head coach? Yeah, there were a lot of issues uh, there. What, um, you know, not getting or splitting the reps and trainers go my train, splitting the reps, bringing in Tim Tebow. Um, I thought Jacksonville would have been, oh yeah, not uh, giving James Robinson all the carries and like bringing Carlos Hyde. There's so much stuff with the Jaguars and Urmeyer, what, going into restaurants, being photographed with women that weren't his wife, not going on life. the team plane. I mean, there's... Well, yeah, the team, like not going on the team plane yeah. after the game was something that no one in the NFL could believe. They just simply hadn't heard that. And the fact that he stuck around in Ohio to go back to his bar and get grinded by a, you know, a pop blonde 20 years his younger that is not his wife. Um, yeah, it wasn't really... And for a guy... He, Urban Meyer is such a fraud. I mean, he's got a book on the virtues of leadership and great men. And I mean, he was just completely exposed this year and good on Jacksonville for making the decision early on and not waiting till the end of the year. Um, and of course, I guess coming up on Monday, it will be interesting to see all the coaches that get pink slips in the NFL. I think you can count on Matt Nagy in Chicago being done. It does sound like Joe judge might have another year in him, but I don't really understand why the giants are absolutely rock bottom right now. Um, and there'll be a few other coaches that find their way out. Vic Fangio's uh, pleading for another year with the Denver Broncos. They've had an ugly season. And uh, of course, the Raiders are on an interim coach right now. You do wonder what they do going forward into the offseason right now. But uh, some teams still playing for playoffs. We'll see if we can get Haxa on on Friday to mm -hmm. do a full setup. Haxa, of course, will be all over that Charger Raider game. Um, and I was actually, I don't know why the hell I was looking at this over the course of the last few days with nothing to do. I'm just looking at weird things on YouTube and Wikipedia. And I went through a long piece on the Raiders Chargers history, um, which is one of the great rivalries, certainly in the AFC and the AFC West. 
kind of ironic that they're ending up playing in what is uh, essentially a pseudo playoff game where the winner will get into the playoffs. And yes, as you just pointed out, I guess there is technically a Jacksonville win over Indy and a tie in that game that could put them both in, but I have a feeling they'll both want to win their way into, uh, into the playoffs. Uh, good show today, Reem. Yeah. I'm looking forward to this game tonight. It's uh, almost feeling a little normal, like a uh, regular road trip, road game. And uh, I know you're a big fan of the time, 8 p.m. Perfect great, time to drop great, the puck. Great time. And um, I just want to respond to a couple comments in chat. I did say in chat, Huss, that, I mean, I don't really care about who wins. I care about uh, fantasy. I don't. I look at the player stats. I don't really look at the standings. He's that guy. Folks. I'm, I'm that, that guy. guy. I'm the fantasy uh, guy that you hate at when you're at your football party, when you could have parties. And I forget who it was. Uh Oh yeah, Rob says what? So you don't so or, so you don't or someone's in chat said to me what? So you don't care about who wins in the playoffs? I said no, no, no. I do fantasy uh, in the playoffs. Come on, guys. <laughs> and then uh, Comet said, "Call me when you talk about uh, the Bombers." I don't care about the NFL, and I think you know whatever. But I mean, there was a story in Three Down Nation today that uh, Canadian O lineman Drew Desjardins from the Bombers drawing significant interest from NFL teams. Rumored ten teams interested, and he is in Foxborough working out for the Patriots. So it sounds like him and DeAndre Alford um, are, you know, I'm going to say Alford likely headed to the NFL. He was with the visiting with the Lions. And now Desjardins has got some interest from NFL team. So we will see which bombers uh, are coming back as uh, the season or off season continues. Desjardins, Desjardins, um, you know, I mean, we spend so much time talking about, you know, Stanley Bryant and Jamarcus Hardrick and you know, Patty Newfeld, of course, has been a big, you know, a familiar face. And Jarley quietly went out and became a CFL all-star and was a huge part of that line. Um, he's young, got a lot of football ahead of him and has obviously impressed some people south of the border. So it'd be really cool to see him get an NFL contract. If not, would love to see him back with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and Alford. I mean, what a story he has been this season. Um, you know, he came in Remo, and I still remember the conversations on this program. Everyone was fired up about the team. We knew most of the defense was good, but the big question going into camp is who the hell is going to play DB? And that was part of the reason why Walters and Gavai and McManus brought in like 30 or 35 defensive backs. And I'll tell you what, when you've got that much talent to choose from, um, a couple of guys stood out and they had monster seasons, Nichols and Alford, um, certainly a huge part of that great cup championship. Um, but with winning and with success comes a lot of attention, a lot of eyes. And it sounds like um, at least one of those two, as well as Dejarle, have a pretty good chance of signing an NFL deal, which might mean new players in that bomber lineup next year as they try to make it a three-peat. Yeah, we know the strategy. Just bring in as many D linemen or sorry, DBs as you can to a practice. 30 or so should do it. And uh, they were able to pick a couple diamonds in the rough last year. Can they do it again? So we'll, that is something we're going to watch, uh, you know, the CFL offseason slowly moving. But uh, yeah, I see even uh, Mike Reese uh, from ESPN, uh, yes, tweeting about uh, Drew, Drew Desjardins uh, working out with the Patriots. So we'll wait and see. I'll say this, um, you know, there's, listen, it's when the Lions need players at every position. Um, when the New York England Patriots are coming knocking on your door, you've been doing something right. So uh, the minute I heard New England was in the mix and there was a bunch of other teams that wanted you to Jarley, I think if I'm Kyle Walters right now, I'm looking at a backup plan for who's going to pop in and replace an all-star guard in the lineup next year. A great show today. Thanks to everyone in chat. You guys cracking me up as always. 
Um, I enjoy the game tonight. Eight o'clock start. I will. Um, I, we will get in a couple wagers. I think on this game tonight. Uh, maybe a few exotics. Maybe a bet builder. Of course, you can do that all at coolbet.com. If you haven't played there before, use the promo code WST, and you'll get a one hundred percent bonus on your first deposit up to two hundred dollars. A big thanks to Stephen Wino, <clears throat> and of course Mike McIntyre, the Free Press, who joined us live from Arizona. And uh, to finish up the show, a big thank you to all of our sponsors, the Nick and Nikki DQ Group, Canadian Club Whiskey, Cool Bet, Boston Pizza, Princess Auto, Little Brown Jug, Not Auto Corp, Royal Sports, Manitoba Battery, Culligan Water, Vita Health, and Andrew and the gang down at F Apparel at 190 Smith Street. Folks, enjoy the game tonight. We'll be back tomorrow to recap Jets Coyotes. Have the latest for you around the National Hockey League, especially with things like Austin Matthews testing positive and now Connor McDavid. The latest on that, the Jets will head to Denver tomorrow to prepare for a huge game against the Avalanche on Thursday night. Uh, but for the time being, our focus is on a little revenge game for the Jets against the Arizona Coyotes. Enjoy it. Stay safe. Stay warm. And we'll see you tomorrow on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily here on the WST channel. Have a great night, everyone. Oh, my God. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.